The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, extra long. Nice. Um, uh, I am your host of Ride a Cat. You can find me at Ride a Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nose Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? And you can find this here podcast on the Coastal the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and give us all the five-star reviews. Yeah, all of that. Uh, folks... Oh, damn it, Twitch. Uh, folks, we got a good one tonight, um, as we uh, I'd like to believe we always do. Uh, we're, well, I guess we'll talk about the, the, the uh, interesting wrinkle we had in, for uh, getting ready for this week's show a little bit later. But we're going to start off with t- uh, uh, talking about, what's up, Bendu Games 2? Nice to, thank you for joining us. Um we're going to start off by going uh, recapping the finale of uh, Rings of Power, which is uh, episode eight, I believe. Right. And excuse if me, Lord you of the are Rings. not yet caught up, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was about to say, excuse me. Let me give it this proper title: Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Episode right. <laughs> if you are not yet caught up on this for whatever reason, maybe you're maybe you chose to uh, binge it all at once. That's fine. So if you are not caught up on this, this this has been out for a week but in the event you are still behind we're going to ring the spoiler bell because we will be discussing at least a few spoilery things so in spoilers are incoming in three two one for the lord of the rings the rings of power so folks i'm just going to cut to the chase the thing that you have been waiting to see well what you've been waiting to see we eventually get however the the crux of this uh episode has to do with at least one or two uh answers leading up to the thing being the things <laughs> i love how i love how 
Roddy Cat avoids spoilers by putting it that way. Yeah. One thing, one thing I will say, one thing I enjoyed, and I knew it was a swerve and a fake out and a red herring right at the top of the episode. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just I give the creators credit for throwing that in and making me doubt myself just a little bit. And I'm sure most people were because people because the the whole thing was like, okay, well, is this person Sauron? Wait, uh, just a heads up, I can't hear him at all. Who are we speaking? Uh, uh, Benji, you, you cannot hear. Wait, say something, uh, Agent Seventy. Check one, check two, check one, check two. Oh, interesting. What is going on there? So let's do this. All right, now say something. Check one, check two, check one, check two. Okay, should be able to hear him now. I don't know what's going on with that because I haven't changed anything. <laughs> I can hear myself. I can see my 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 uh, my uh, audio being recorded on my end, so that's a benefit. Well, yeah, and you were being recorded on my end. It's just that OBS was possible for some reason not, not picking up your voice, which is which is well, it wasn't picking up your voice, but now it gotcha. is. And that's weird because, like I said, normally we'll talk about that later because it's it was some it's something that had to do with it's NDI I talked stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, kinda. <laughs> Kind of yes, kind of no, actually. It's some, something between NDI and voice meter. But that's a little behind the weeds in, in the weeds. But so anyway, um, but uh, by the way, Agent 70 on, on Twitter and Instagram already said that. And he just said, what's up? So you really didn't miss much. What's up? If you want to go ahead and repeat what you just said, Agent 70, then. Oh, well, what I was talking about was that at the <clears throat> very, it's I believe it's the cold open of yes. the show, of this episode of uh, Lord the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. It, there is a big swerve, a big red herring that was so well done. I, it, I didn't fall for it, but it made me doubt myself. And I think that worked for a lot of people. I think that worked on a lot of people. I think that's something I could appreciate. I'm like, yeah, that was actually, it made me doubt myself just for like a, like a, like maybe less than a minute. I was like, Really? I was like, nah. Yeah, um, and like I said, and I think that was the thing they were going for because there were the um, there was the all the theories about is this person that person is this other person that person and then there was that one out of left kind of slightly out of left field of who if this person is that person and right. that one ended up being the one that was right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So um, yeah, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Guess what, folks? Um, the stranger is not Sauron. Exactly. So, uh, there's, which lends more credence that it's clearly Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are some people still saying, what, like, could be Saruman. I'm like, okay, let's not do that. (laughs) Right. And if you listen to any other, like, podcast, or if you're familiar with the Silmarillion, uh, there are other possibilities, but it does not make, you know, storytelling sense to me. Right. That it would be someone that, even casual fans of the of the Fellowship trilogy, right? right. Or even as movie fans who watch the the Fellowship trilogy and then the Hobbit trilogy, why would it not be this character? Right. And as a matter of fact, and one of the last times you see him before you know before the end of the uh, or after uh, after he confronts some folks, you can see him start growing gray. Right. 
Which, granted, could still lend credence to the, to the Saruman thing, but no, come on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But bottom line is, you know, there is still a chance that the Saruman theory is correct, but I doubt it. No, because especially with what happened at the end with uh, the other dude who ends up, who pretty much almost pretty much says he's Saruman. Like, yeah, unless that is a swerve, then no, nah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's still the stranger. Right, 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 right. I mean, you know, there's still a mystery there, but it's not, I don't think, a very, I think it's a very thinly veiled mystery. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and, and as folks have said, like, this, this, um, the show has taken, not necessarily liberties, but kind of switched up some timeline, um, as opposed to, as, as with who comes in when and what happens you know. Right, and when some, uh, I mean, listen, listen, it's not a spoiler. The, the The show is literally, you know, titled The Rings of Power. Right. Right? <clears throat> if you're even familiar with the story, you know that these rings of power are forged at some point. You know they're going to be part of the story. And I think what's out of order are the, the, the rings that are that are created in this episode. Exactly. Because from what I remember hearing about after the fact, it was like, wait, well, these were the ones that were created last. Right. So I'm kind of wondering, like, are, is there going to be some time jump to sometime before? I, which I doubt it. Cause that wouldn't do it. kind of wouldn't make any sense if they did that. Um, like there's some time jump backwards. And then we see, you know, the men's ring, which actually brings up kind of something kind of funny. So at the end, when we see the rings and the show starts to go on off, I was thinking right before the um, the, the the music on the t- end credits uh, end, end credits come in, I was like, "Well, wait a minute. I know the elves get three rings. We know man gets seven rings. Like, and I couldn't remember who got the last set of uh, nine rings. And and sure enough, <laughs> the song pretty much comes in. You know, three for the elves. It explains right. Explains, explains those, like, everything. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they were like, "Damn, that was pretty good." They they, they I don't know if that was like. Um, some intentional foresight on their part was like some they were maybe somebody was going to forget about these other other two hadn't been done yet. And apparently, I did not know that was Fiona Apple. I did not know that. Um, I was looking at the credits and I was like, because I cause it was like I I can't say that I would know Fiona, Fiona Apple's voice right off the bat, but I was like I saw the credits and then her name popped up with that song. I'm like, oh snap! <laughs> once listen, once once what what's funny is that once you hear certain singers. Outside of like their most famous songs, you right. get more familiar with their voice. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, say, you know, like I don't remember what Fiona Apple's, let's say, like, you know, one or two big hits were. Right. But I know I've heard her sing, believe it or not, she sang a, a, a kind of duet with Johnny Cash, like in his later years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm fam- I like, and, and, and I've listened to that song often over the years and i might you know i'm, I'm kind of surprised i didn't recognize her voice there mm-hmm. but i'm glad to, i'm glad you mentioned it. now i'm gonna i'm gonna cue that up probably tomorrow and just you know and, and, and listen to that right yeah i was like i thought it was kind of strange I'm like oh shit fiona apple i hadn't heard that name in a minute <laughs> I was, all i have to say is good for her right exactly exactly and then i saw um i think i saw a clip of a video um where I think they were talking about, I might have been her talking about uh, working with Barry McCreary on it. Uh, so I was like, all right, good. Like, like you said, good for her. But yeah, ultimately, though, um, 
uh, just kind of just kind of get through the rest of the stuff. So um, I wish I had pulled this uh, 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 audio too. Somebody's going on an adventure. Nah. Um, but it's not surprising given who we were talking about, who's one of them. Um, you know, so the the formerly known as Stranger probably Gandalf, and they even Wizard the, the name Wizard got dropped also in this episode since we're going to, since we can't go ahead and spoil the stuff. Right, the word Wizard at least. Right, right. the Tolkien the Tolkien term for Wizard. Right. So, um, so yeah, the Stranger's going on a uh, on a on a journey with a uh, with a with a um, with a hard foot, um, the proto proto. Um, <laughs> the proto, um, proto hobbits. Hobbits, yeah. yes. Um, we see where Numenor is, or at least getting to, because something happens there. Um, with with a uh, with a sad character who apparently is new for the show. Um, and uh, and and those folks coming back from Middle Earth. So we kind of we 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 get that. Um. Oh, the, and the elves, of course, we get the forging of their three rings. Just go ahead and rip that bandage off. Uh, but right. we, didn't, we, we don't see anybody. Yeah, but we don't see anybody getting them. But right. we do see right. how and they there's get some forged. Issues, right. There's some issues with the forging mm-hmm. and some of the ulterior, so, someone with ulterior motives playing a role in the forging of the rings. And if you know That's you're talking, right, right. And if you know you're talking, Lord, you know, in a sense, who it might be, even though they kind of changed that for this for this uh, show, right. And it's pronounced Kella Brimbor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were talking I, about that I, before I, the show. Way, I am fixing my own fudge. I've, I I definitely screwed that up apparently last <laughs> week because I said Cella Brimbor a whole bunch of times on the show, and I honestly it's didn't even notice Kella Brimbor. Right, because yeah, because it well one it doesn't make any sense, but but again that's that's how it is. So exactly, because <laughs> as Agent Seventy said before the show, it was like it's it sounds like you know a celebrator celebrate or whatever. It, it looks like, like celebrator celery. Right, it's like it's a it's a it's a soft C, not a K, or it sounds like a soft C, not a K. So I was like, right, okay. it, it appears to be right. It appears to be a soft C. Right, you know when so, reading it. So right, so but you know like I said, I've I've been hearing it as Celebrin Boy and I've still have not basically been saying it as that. <laughs> Cause it was like, no, I refuse. That doesn't sound right. I refuse. <laughs> like, damn it, that's a that's C, not a funny. K. <laughs> but anyway. Um but it was a good ending, uh I will say it's a good ending and I cannot wait for the next ending because we know we got what four more seasons to go uh, at the very least, from what right. I'm understanding. And I'm kind of, of course, that brings up the questions of, well, what are they going to, um, what are they going to do next season? And I know we've already had reports of the, the next season supposed to be like bigger, you know, bigger, bigger, stronger, much faster, basically, from them. Right. So, you know, since we got one set of rings already in the pocket, so to speak, I'm sure we got to go down the line to the other two. But we also we have, like I said, at least four other seasons to go. So I can't imagine. Right. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna do the, you know, take two seasons for each one for each set. No, it makes sense. And also, you know, the distribution of the rings is probably going to be a, another thing at some point. But I guess the elves, since the elves, you know, already got theirs, 
Um, well, the, well, they haven't <clears throat> technically been distributed to the wheel. That's what I'm saying. Right. Except for, well, one's there and the other two we've not seen. Right. So there is there. So they still have to divvy that out and kind of make that whatever it is. But yeah, as far as everyone, how everybody else gets theirs or, or when and or how everybody else gets theirs, we still got to go through that whole thing. Sure. So, and I'm sure we have not seen the last of uh, he who possibly might be Sauron. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Hell interacting no! Interacting with folks. Um, Hell no! But we also still have a couple of loose ends because, um, like I said, everything we've talked about so far is pretty much what they've what they've been um, dealing with. So there are some people who've who's been missing for a couple of episodes that we haven't seen. Uh, and I'm assuming we will see them at some point. You know, people got left right. behind or whatnot. So I, I'm assuming they're going to deal with that, what they get into, or probably who they end up uh, interacting with. Mm-hmm. You know, since it is in Middle Earth. So we still got a lot to go on and get to. So I'm looking oh, forward definitely. to it. Yeah, I am looking forward definitely. to it. I'll tell you that there was one sad death in this episode. Mm hmm. Yes. I was like, really? He went off trail. Right. Yeah. I'm like, seriously, it's got to be the black one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because at first I was like, oh, wait, he he's going to pull? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought Ooh. he was going to pull through. Right. Because it was like, well, shoot. I, yeah. Because basically something happened to her character, uh, you know, in, in the one of the early dealings and it looked like he was going to pull through and it was like, no, he didn't. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you, you shall be missed. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Or, like like or we said, we're say, not going to spoil things completely, but we definitely have spoken about, right. spoken with uh, spoilers uh, uh, throughout this conversation. Right. We wait for you. There we go. That's what I say. <laughs> Uh, but with that, unless you got something else on that, we can move on to uh, to Andor. Yeah, no, we'll move on. Yeah. We will move on to Andor. Let me see if I've got a little. Uh... Hello there. There we go. <laughs> nice. So yeah, um, Andor. Wait, what episode is this? Is this um, seven? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Do you need a Do you need a recap? Um, nah, because like that. It, it, even though it's only been a couple of days, I'm not going to really, uh, if I look at it, I'll probably right. support myself, so I won't do that. But uh, the name of this episode, I do remember, which I believe is called Announcements. Right. And right. there definitely was a, a, a couple. And uh, the end was, I don't know why I found this kind of funny. <clears throat> or like, I should say near the end was kind of funny. Which because part? because there's there a couple of like, kind of false <laughs> endings in this episode. Yes. Well, the one that has to do with the main character and, and nobody's sailing up. away to, uh, you know, to, <clears throat> to, to the uh, to the undying lands, you know. Right, 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 right. No, I'm the one about the main character. Yeah, I would say that was the last show that we talked about. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Sorry, gotta wait. Hey, we still gotta wait. No, hold... Things off the rails, folks. I'm putting them back on the rails right now. <laughs> yeah, but I said we still gotta wait for for the whole. Actually, the, uh, I I think I'm gonna end up watching those movies again. Uh, Good. Soon, so 
And the Hobbit one, since I haven't seen them at all, but that's a whole other thing. But yeah, really, Andor, yeah, because I had, for some reason I hadn't watched those two or three. Excuse me, three, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, that's probably going to be rectified soon. At any rate, Andor though, something happens at the end of the near the end of the show to the main character, which he was trying to avoid. <laughs> And that shit was funny to me. It was, was it was awful. sad. It was bad. And it, was, it was really bad. And it was funny because, but it was funny. Also, it was like you spent all this time and effort, to, you know, trying to avoid a situation, only to get caught up in a situation, right? That, by proxy of like not of his own making, right? right? Literally as a bystander, right. that was the most frustrating person of color part in that whole thing. Yes, and I was you like. Know, like, you just I, can't back away if you are a person of color, even in Star Wars. Exactly. And, and as, as I was watching it, I was like, no, this is fucked up. It's real fucked up. But I started laughing about it afterwards because it was like, damn, bruh, spent all this time avoiding shit like this happening. Only right. to have it happen by proxy. And what was whack about it is, I'm like, yo, just sit down. Don't get, don't get caught up in any of the movement. I, I don't think it would have mattered, honestly. <laughs> I honestly don't think it would matter, uh, you know? Because, yeah, the, the the way that whole thing was going. Like, granted, he was looking kind of suspicious. Right. So. Like, a little on the shifty side, you know, because he just wanted to not get caught up in it. I right. understand that, you know? Exactly. But at the same time, and then, yeah, stuff ended up happening. I was like, that's fucked up, but that shit happens. Right. You know, and as an officer of the court, I was just like, what? Really? Right. Damn. That's the Empire? That's how the Empire rolls? Jeez. Oh, they hemmed him up. <laughs> Jeez. Like, forget right. the book. They throw the whole encyclopedia at him. So I guess so. I guess that's the part we should backtrack and get to, though. So basically, uh, because of what happened in the, the, big, um, the big heist thing, the Empire decided to act, or some would say overreact, but it's the Empire, so it's, it's, it's you know, one and the same. Right. Um, by putting in some similar measures to a real world act after a major event in um, uh, in, in the U.S., which would have nothing yeah, to do with, let's with say what happened twenty-one years ago. Yes, which wouldn't right. have That's anything the to do clue. with twenty-one years ago. Right, but would but has nothing to do with what happened in this, which on which on differences of scale is far and away different. But and yet the Empire decides to enact something similar right. uh for this. Right. Um and it also, let's just say, brings in mind to something uh Leia says to Tarkin um uh during A New Hope um as to what would happen. But apparently that's what um um uh, a character wanted. You know? Right. So, right. As an inciting event. Mm-hmm. So that ball just went into place, and um, there are some loose ends, including the main character that apparently have to get uh, tied up, um, um, a- according to a couple of groups, uh, a couple of people. Which I don't know, I don't know about you, but when the two ladies were talking, um, um, Luthen's assistant and Vel, did you know that was Vel? She looked very different. Yes. It was, took me a second to figure out that that was supposed to be the same character. Right. Because, because it was right before. Oh, sorry, obviously, right. the makeup changed. <clears throat> the, 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 the clothing and costuming changed. Right. So, and the hairdo changed. And that probably 
serve to throw everything off, but I think they use her name. Yes, they do. And it was right before the the other character used I can't remember the the, the assistant's name, but the it was right before she used her name, I was like, wait, that's Vel. <laughs> Vel right, had a glow right, up, right. but then given, given that's what reminded me who that you know who who was in play on the screen. So. Right. Um, but then, uh, and it took me up until that moment, like right before that moment to be like, oh, that's her. I'm like, I don't like it. Cause I thought it was like, oh, who are these two new people? But then I recognized that, that was okay. That's the assistant. And given where they were, it makes sense. Cause Vel couldn't have come there the way she was during the heist. So that wouldn't make any sense. So, but yeah, so the, the, the empire starts to, to, uh, enact their, 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 um, overreach. Uh, which causes uh, some ISB uh, an ISB agent to take advantage of it and seize some control for her for herself, um, which is you know probably a little slightly more than what she wanted, but nevertheless she's got it now. She's got the juice now. <laughs> right, and 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 I guess uh, we'll finish our discussion on this because as we said, you know we're not trying to spoil everything. Right. This is only a few days old. Right. A certain character who we're not supposed to like. Oh, I still don't like him. <laughs> has a mother who I think we would all recognize in some form or fashion in our lives. Or someone to that. It might not even be a mother. It might be someone just just of that caliber. Right. Someone acting in a similar fashion. Right. Let's put it that way. Yes. So... While my own mother was not like that, I definitely yeah. hear echoes. Mine wasn't either, but yeah, definitely. I have seen mothers like that, and I've seen people, I've been across people that are just like, that are kind of like, they're just kind of right. bracing. <laughs> right, right, right. So I was just like, ooh, ooh. Like, I just, you know, it, it brought chills. I was like, wow, that's just right. too realistic. Now, let us be clear. I don't feel for the, for, for this character, but at the same time, I was like, you know, yeah, uh, you know, Okay, sure, but exactly because you know, this is not a likable person. That one, one the least, and I don't, and I, I have a feeling he's going to become even more unlikable because, especially if he gets what I believe he ultimately wants, despite where he is right now, right. So, I, and I guess we'll see with that, and I hope he doesn't. I really hope that we weren't going to see him too much longer, but I know they're they're setting him up for something. Yeah, uh, we wouldn't spend this much time through seven episodes of this show, even though we haven't really seen him that much. Right. For him to pop back up in this episode, looking to pivot and start in a new direction. Mm -hmm. It definitely is a big hint that this character is going to play more of a role later on in this season. Yeah, I suspect he's going to get an upgrade that he doesn't, well, that he doesn't deserve, but he probably thinks he does. Or right. probably will. Refre please refresh my memory. How many more episodes are there? Are we halfway through now? We are a little over halfway through because this is seven, and I believe it's supposed to be twelve in all. Twelve. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So we just passed the halfway point. Okay. Right. And if it goes like you were saying, this is the the part one of the first arc of this third, you know, of this, this third, third of the third arc. Right. 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 So seven, eight, nine, and then ten, eleven, twelve will be the final arc. Right. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. We're um some characters are well, at least the main characters still gotta go through his um his uh growth pattern or whatever you want to call it, but but it seems like in this episode he's I guess is going to start down that road, but we you don't necessarily right. see it here. Right. It's a it's a it's a 
it's a rebel version of the hero journey that he's yes. going through because he's not exactly down with the cause. Psst, yes, very much not. Um, I was going to say something on Twitter about this, and I'm glad I didn't because I was, and this was going to be poking a little fun at uh, Agent 70 just a little bit because I half expected uh, a certain character from one of the Star Wars movies that I know Agent 70 doesn't really care too much for was going to show up in here, show up here that I know is supposed to, um, or one of the the sequel movies more 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 importantly that uh, Agent 70 didn't like, and I was like, and and I was expecting this character to be here, and it didn't. They didn't. The sequel movies. Yeah, there's so believe. many characters I don't like in the sequel movies. Well, okay, <laughs> I guess that's fair, but <laughs> but no, there's one particular uh, um, that one that you aren't too too crazy about. Was it a droid? No, no, no. He was he was okay, a, he was a, a little droid. guy. A little guy. Babu. Babu freak. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I know he's supposed to show up, but uh, but I was oh, expecting. Oh my god! I don't even remember what that character looks like. Why do you, Why do you bring this up? Why? <laughs> why? Well, that's why. <laughs> why? But no. Um, just, just you know, what, 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 you know, like uh, I, 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 I unfortunately was I'm, I'm on the wrong sound effect board. So here <clears> we go. That's all. So, but yeah, um, we still have many miles to go before this thing goes. And we don't have any more Marvel stuff to, uh, in in the foreseeable future. Right. We we have a few weeks until Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I don't, if I recall, I don't. Is there anything Disney Plus com- Disney Plus coming out sometime Actually, soon? Like no. right right before? Uh. You know what? That's funny because I was looking at the article and I think no, because I, I I was looking at the article and there was some definitely some stuff afterwards, but I don't think prior to. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, let me let me check. Again. Well, I'll look. I was about to say we're both going to look that up now. So no, I, yeah, because I got it up because I was looking at it before the show because I was kind of curious about a book we were talking about. Yeah, sorry, folks. No, that's the wrong. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, according to this article from a few days ago, no, uh, Wakanda Forever is the next thing. Gotcha. So, because I was looking up one of the other shows that that, that I was kind of curious about for a reason, but we'll get into that when we talk about the books, which I guess we were going to go ahead and do if we're finished with Andor. No, we can. We can. We will be. Wait, no, Tales of the Jedi is coming out. Oh right, that is next week. Well, this not well. This is Marvel though. I'm talking Marvel, right, 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 for right, this right, stuff. Right, right. We're just talking, but I was thinking of Disney Plus releases. Right, right, right. You're right. Yes, that's next week. I can't, I'm, I'm actually uh, excited for that because I'm going to go ahead and finish off uh, Clone Wars and Big Bad Batch before that happens. There you go. Now, watch right, so we do have something else to cover, but uh, right now we'll have that and Andor because um, there isn't that much, you know. Uh, Speaking of before we move on, you know, I, I, I kind of I kind of chuckle when people use the acronym Hot D to talk about House of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just talk stupendously quickly about House of the Dragon episode seven, right? Oh, episode uh, nine that is, right? Episode nine because we we. Uh, we did have episode nine of uh, 
uh, House of House of the Dragon. And at the end of the day, uh, there's one supremely awesome scene in this episode, surrounded by more palace intrigue, more uh, more misunderstandings that you know that that then you can shake a stick at. You gotta love how stupid naming you know like like giving people the same name gets in the way of things and it does in this story to a ridiculous degree um like how many people can you name Aegon all the time in the same family but in any event um i think the most memorable scene in this episode is going to be one of the things that you're going to see in memes gifs so I don't want to spoil it if you haven't watched it. If you, if you, just like I said earlier, if you're looking to binge it, I'm going to give you that chance. But one of the characters does something with a dragon that is pretty cool. Unfortunately, kills a lot of commoners, but does not. Also, unfortunately, also does not kill some of the characters that we kind of want dead. So. But uh, but ultimately, it was a great scene, you know, with the, you know, we were just talking, Roddy Cat and I were just talking about this before we started recording and broadcasting, that apparently episode 10 has leaked online, you know, and that's a shame, you know, it's only a few more days, folks, you know, if you, if, if, if you, if you, if you're just patient, you know then you can watch it. But that's actually a fair warning to all of you. If you want to not be spoiled before Sunday, then maybe you want to stay off the interwebs for a little while, you know, stay off Twitter. Don't Google anything. House of the dragon. All right. And with that, we're going to transition over into, uh, books of the week, our books, you know, that we're going to be talking about this week. So, Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, so we're going to start off with um, Captain America Symbol of Power number six. All righty. You mean Symbol of Truth? Symbol, symbol of, of Truth. Power. I, I, you know, I, <laughs> and when I typed it out, I almost did that exact thing. Because I, I, I had power for some strange reason in my mind. And um, yes, Symbol of Truth. I love it. I love it. I love it. This book is, this issue is written by Tochi Onyabuchi with art by Iguara, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So this is the first issue in the new arc. And it involves a heretofore unknown to myself and to Roddy Cat. African nation in the MCU that borders Wakanda. It was the heretofore unknown to us. However, it is a pre-existing nation that was introduced nearly 30 years ago. And you know what I play for that stuff. Boy, I'm too old for this shit. Because this came at the height of the speculator boom. And, you know, this country was introduced in another Marvel comic and really has not made too many other appearances since. But uh, essentially, this country serves as 
the focus point, the focal point of the plot for the sha- up until now the shadow antagonist of this of the story. The shadow yeah. antagonist of the story has been uh, plotting behind the scenes, and the events of this issue lead to that character are are part of that character's plot and scheme to uh, gain control of this neighboring of this country that neighbors Wakanda. Right. And well, technically you're right about the shadow and still because he's still in the shadow because he's not announced himself to the character. Right. To the the lead character. Right. Right. So he is still kind of behind the scenes, even though the character is aware of his existence and trying to find him. Right. Um, but the overarching plan has not uh, come across yet. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, actually, I'm not sure if I am not. Uh, this is still in line of going into that Cold War um, event, correct or no? I think so. I think so. I think that character is going to play into that, but we're not. My understanding is that that's going to be the winter, right? Right. So I don't know if this story arc finishes by December. I mean, you don't have much longer. So it's, 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 that is potentially, that could potentially happen. Right. It could be something that flows into the next story though. Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe there is something that, that will happen to come up later on in this that will, but not necessarily have it to do with, uh, exactly. Something that falls exactly. out of there. Cause I if guess. you think about it, you know, just based on the publishing, you know, since, since we didn't, we didn't go into all of the details from that, uh, Marvel comics panel at New York comic con. Right. That detailed the cold war captain America stories that, you know, we understood it as winter, which could be December, January, or just straight January. So considering that this issue is uh, the first issue of a new arc, maybe that is that consists of October, November, December. You know, let's say it's three issues and that flows right into this Cold War business. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I I think the, the most interesting part of this issue was that that fictional African nation that was just. I, you know, I was like, when did this occur? When, you know, when did this happen? When, you know, when was this introduced? And you got to love that, you know, we, we, we are too old for this shit, that this was introduced well within our lifetimes. Like not, not even like within the last 10 years when right. we've, since we've been doing the show well before that. Right. Um, the interesting, well, and I mean, I was going to say, you know, while, the Marvel universe has a a bevy of real world places in, uh, you know, in it, in this universe, there's still a a good number of not real places. And this is just happened to be one of those ones who has a better name than, uh, uh, than, than a a couple other, I I, I can think of at least. Um, right. (laughs) Right. But you could also tell it was like, okay, you know what they were going for when they named this one. Exactly. I mean, you know, shots fired, but uh, Kondok? That's, well, that's DC, but yes. Uh, I was thinking I, of. Uh, I know it's DC. Wait, I is Badanisha, Badanisha is also DC, isn't it? Or is that. Yes. Yeah. But regardless, yes, that it still is. stands. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> it's terrible, bad, terrible naming. Really? Badanisha? 
bad amnesia. Yeah, it's. Anyway. DC stays losing. Anyway, we're not we're not here to to, to talk about that. To bad enough the distinguished competition, even though we just did. Um, nevertheless, Gracious. so so yeah, this um, uh, this company, I mean, this uh, country is is the 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 playground for whatever's going on. Or and I think we can safely say there was some MCUification going on here as far as action is concerned. I don't know if you noticed that. Like I feel, uh, um, especially with so, um, a plot happens. There's a trap that gets sprung, and Sam ends up having to um, um, shuttle someone away from uh, from a thing, from from a situation. But it doesn't quite go well. But it was that part that kind of reminded me of the last episode of Falcon with Soldier. In a, I, in a I haven't thought about that in a while, so I did not get that kind of recollection. Yeah. So I apologize. <clears throat> I kind dope. of chuckled though that the that the the the, the bad guys were basically just as just as equipped as Falcon and Cap. Right. You know, in this Sam Wilson Cap, we have to say Sam Wilson Cap because he can fly, right? <laughs> and so of course they got to give wings to the bad guys too. And I'm like, really? They were prepared. They were quite prepared. So, and we know, and we know who prepared them. So, um, exactly, you know, exactly. It stands to reason. But yeah, so that that kind of leads up to um, uh, the end of the issue, which we won't spoil. But yeah, it doesn't go well uh, in all on all fronts. And if you're looking at the video version of this here program, you can. Um, you can kind of see that the, this is one of the occasions where the cover absolutely kind of um, plays into what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly does. <clears throat> it certainly does. And luckily Certain- I still had the main cover on as opposed to one of, one of the variants, which I was about to show. But we're about to move on to another book, so it doesn't matter. Sure. All right. You know, uh, would you like to move on to Iron Man number 24? Because I have thoughts. I do too, and this goes back to something that I was mentioning earlier, so go for it. Sure. Iron Man number 24 is written by Christopher Cantwell, with art by Angel Anzueta, colors by Frank D'Armada, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite, our favorite lettering Python. So, there was a lot of dialogue in this issue that mm-hmm. I found out of character for some okay yeah but then i also found that the story took a weird turn with the introduction of a guest appearance i'm glad you said that because i thought the same thing i was like what's going on here i I had that exact that exact sentence you just said is in my notes you know i you know i need to write this down again I need to pull another soundbite from Saving Private Ryan. I've used this before. Things have taken a turn for the surreal. Because as soon as that intro happened, as that <clears throat> as that kind of uh, guest appearance occurred, I was like, what? Don't get me wrong. I was happy to see this character, but I was not expecting him. Right. And I appreciate that. I do. I thought Cantwell did an excellent job of completely masking that, like literally masking that. 
But at the same time, it took me off guard. And the the way the story progressed from that point completely took me off guard. Mm. I was that mildly frustrated with how... I'm sorry? That whole conversation that they had after that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I understand that this character is about to get some major play. Mm-hmm. I also understand that this character does not currently have a book that features this character. Right. Because... And this is a mild spoiler. There is no longer a champion's book out there. Or that either, yes. Mm -hmm. So we do not have this character being featured on the printed page in any form right now. So I'm wondering if this is a subtle MCUification. There you go. And that's where where I was kind of getting to um, uh, earlier. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, I kind of wonder if they are going to put um, something in this, and that's why I actually ended up looking up uh when this character's show was coming in relation to another show that has something to do with uh part of the plot of uh, this arc, right? And I was kind of wondering, right, right. like, so and this character's sh- about to be introduced in the MCU anyway, like right. literally within a month, right? Actually, yeah, I'm about to say less than I think, but um, but right. yes, yeah, within a month. That's the <clears throat> yeah. point. Within yeah, a yeah. month. So, yeah, so I kind of wondering uh, what that was the case. So I'm just going to say this. One, as we talked about, when we talked about this book last uh, last time we talked about it, there was a ruse, definitely. Um, it wasn't the person behind a certain, uh, a certain character that shows up being that character. In fact, that the, um, they seem to be all right <laughs> also in, in that respect. Hmm? No, no, I said right. right. Oh, okay, so, so there, so, but there's definitely a ruse. But apparently, it was a ruse that uh, this other character that comes up was not a part of, but somehow had the same plan as um, as Tony did. Somehow, right. All <clears throat> operating unbeknownst to the reader as well as Tony and Rhodey. Right. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Because at first I saw the character and I was like, okay, well, maybe Tony called them in as a, as a you know, and didn't say anything. But no, that wasn't the case. And, and a nope. whole lot of, nope. Exactly. Right. And then we get into the conversation between uh, uh, Tony and this character, um, which, as Angel Seven said, did seem to take a weird turn because it was like, okay, they, they're both headstrong. So that part I understood. But at the same time, it's like, one, why does the character want, you know, um, want the particular items that they're trying to hold on to? Um, and what led them, well, would they, we get an explanation of what led this character to do what she's doing. But in relation to the one set of items that she's holding on to now, we don't know where that's where that part comes from, and apparently this person's been studying these this this, this these items for years. Left Caref- field, yes, left and, field, folks. And so if this has come from some other book, I don't remember it, and I don't think it even what came from her book. And that yes no. is a her, so that no, I mean, that no, no. That I don't re- I don't recognize this at all. Although I, I confess to not having read this character's solo book, I did in a long time. Right. I mean, I did when it was coming out, but yeah, I looked, I don't remember anything like that coming on. Also, I, as what you said about characters speaking kind of out of um, 
Out of character. Uh, out of character, yeah. Yeah, the, something Tony said to them, to her, was like, Tony, chill. That, was, that, wasn't, even unco- that wasn't even called for. Yeah. So, um... But uh, uh, other than that, I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was just like, it was just weird. I was like, wait, wait a minute. This kind of came from nowhere. And right. That's, as they the, just that's the feeling I wanted to express. When, when I brought this book up, I, I, right. that's what I wanted to, you know, set forth for the audience. Right. In that, as you said, what is happening? Right. <laughs> so I am, I'm very, very curious. And maybe there's going to be, an, maybe there's going to be, uh, this is going to be addressed in another book somewhere that we don't know that the, the character is going to end up having, having, um, which I, I would imagine by the time her, uh, her show comes up, um, probably will be another book for her. I would hope right. know, to kind of, to kind of synergize, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just weird. It was like, yeah, both of these characters kind of, kind of talking all kind of sideways out of pocket and it's like just weird but like i said hopefully it shows uh, hopefully they do something with it but as far as this particular volume of iron man and cantwell writing it i think he only has one more issue left if i'm not mistaken is it only one because i, I don't recall i know he, i know there was not much left right i saw well i was looking at because at the 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 um you know, after the, 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 the story ended, there was the whole big page of what's coming. And then I believe it did say, it was like, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, Cantwell's big, you know, uh, big, big uh, going out issue, which I believe is also a legacy issue, a legacy numbering issue of note. Um, he's leaving the book, which we knew he was leaving the book and we knew it was coming. But uh, I guess it's, it's it might be not the next one. If I if I read that right, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, but that's uh, how folks will find out soon enough. Indeed. But for the most part, um, yeah, this whole pseudo-Armor Wars thing that Tony and Brody are doing is still kind of ongoing. Uh, and again, I wonder what that will shape with the show Armor Wars, which we still don't know when that's coming out, but we know it's, it's still coming. Right. If it has anything to do with it. I mean, directly, I should say. All right, with that, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, we could push on to another book. Uh, sure, just give me a second. I literally have a sound effect I wanted to write down on my list to pull. <laughs> All righty then. Um, sorry about that, folks. No, 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 it's fine. But, um, you know. You know, with age comes the inability to remember, you know, all the things that we that we need to remember. So, you know, I, I, I've taken to writing things down, literally writing things down. That's been there, done that. Um, so we're doing uh, Avengers next or we're doing. Let's see. Let's Shang-Chi. see. Let's look at the list. I mean, Avengers, we can talk about very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there anything it. else that you wanted to hit in depth? Um. No. Yeah, I guess we can talk Avengers because we only have a few more books. We have that and Shang Chi left, and, and I do Moon have Knight. something fun to say about Shang Chi. So we'll do Avengers. Yeah. And Moon Knight also, actually, but mm-hmm. you know, but those we can also speak quickly on as well. Correct. So Avengers number sixty-one is written by Jason Aaron with art by Ivan Fiorelli. Uh, Colors by David Curiel and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So, 
Uh, I will say that this veers back to veers back to that is not to but to Jason Aaron's long story, long form story. We are now back out of the Judgment Day crossover. And this is back to the multiversal Avenger story, the Avengers Assemble story that's coming up soon. So, uh, or the multiversal Avengers coming, uh, uh, multiversal Avengers Assemble. I think right. that's what it's called from the announcement that we read last week. Um, actually, I think we have, well, we, technically we have something on that later in the, in the show. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, in any event. So, this, you know, the, the history has been that there's been a focus on a particular, uh, type of or I'll pick a particular member of the Avengers in an alternate reality. However, in this case, we've actually uh, Jason Aaron has decided to focus upon the the current star brand Brandy and uh, that character's literal evolution on the page. Yes. And I don't want to spoil what happens. That's why I said it that way. Trust me, folks. When you read it, you'll understand why I put it that way without, you know, putting the the complete spoiler tag on it. Ultimately, it served as a a a point of a point for us to focus back on Jason Aaron's like you know a big assemble story, and gave us a chance to look into the Starbrand character who for better or for worse really has in my mind been given a little bit of short shrift so it's you know it's 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 good that this character had an entire issue to herself right so i, I just to back up one quick second i kind of wonder if we if if we are past judgment well i mean technically we are past judgment day in a sense but the story i'm not sure if that's the case Okay, because that's fair. Uh, yeah. that's fair. We're past the we're past the technical crossover, right. right? But as far as this story is concerned, as far as I know, this is prob- possibly still before that because there's references to the celestial. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. I understand. And while we still don't know, you know, we don't have the end of uh, Acts yet. We don't know what's going to happen with that particular celestial. So we, there's as far as we know, they're still living in it. So fair enough. <clears throat> that being said, this uh, particular story kind of reminded me of another adventure story, which I think I've referenced before in that another character who was a short lived Avenger by quote unquote accident, I guess in Lionheart, which was, um, I believe a, a um, a nineties character who was basically, um, the, uh, a captain Britain character, let's just say. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and they had a short-lived stint as uh, an Avenger and apparently ended up going to Excalibur, which I don't remember reading, but then again, I didn't read New Excalibur, so that's probably why. Nevertheless, um, I've, the Star Brand's arc here and that arc for that character slightly reminds me of each other in that they seem to be ending, they, they seem to be heading towards a particular end. Uh, or a, a particular place for the character, just like um, that Lionheart character, 
two different two different ways and definitely um what's going on with the star brand didn't exactly happen to the uh the the um uh the, the to Lionheart, but there's kind of similar situations in, in a way. Maybe slightly reversed though. So you would have to know about that character and the and the origins of them to to know that. But um the way they ended up becoming an Avenger <clears throat> was, you know, was like I said, kind of sort of by accident. Um, and and their tenure ended up um, being slightly short, and actually ran up against um, disassembled um, at one at one point about it. And um, yeah, and what happened to that character next? Yeah, that's exactly which is probably the same thing that's going to happen with with this character in a way, unless something gets reversed. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of curious, and I don't know if that was um, if that was something uh, Aaron drew on, or wasn't thinking anything about it. Just happened to have this character go through what they're going through now. Um, but I guess we'll see because yeah, this is this is this thing is still going on, and like Agent Seven said, there's that whole uh, Avengers Assemble thing that's coming up that's gonna wrap this whole thing up. Because they're still traveling through time. We still don't know how they're traveling through time, except for the one, you know, what off mention about having a time machine. So I'm assuming they're using Doom's platform. <laughs> no, no, they talk about it. They do? No, no, I'm saying they mentioned having a time machine, but they, we don't see. No, they talk about, no, they talk about using like celestial tech, if I'm not mistaken. Like oh, up front. Remember. Oh, I don't remember the, seeing that part, but. Like I remember, well, there, there's we'll celestial the talk. Show, I'll show it to you. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I've know. I've seen the celestial talk. That that part is true, but I don't remember the tech for the for the uh, for the, for the time, time. time. Yeah, I'll show it. To you. Okay, cool. So yeah, so that's Avengers sixty one. Uh, we still got a little ways to go with this uh, big behind story of uh, errands. <laughs> and with that, we can move on to. I was about to say we could go into rapid fire, or you want to talk about Shang Chi real quick? You, you said you had something on that, so yeah, let's talk about that real quick, and then we can right. go rapid. Shang Chi and the Ten Rings number four is written by Jean Luen Yang, with art by Marcus Toe, colors by Eric Arseniega, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, I kind of chuckled when I read this, and it does seem like a natural story to tell in the pages of a Shang Chi book. It's literally the story of this is literally an adaptation of several martial arts films, namely the last film that Bruce Lee did not finish, which is Game of Death. That's Mm -hmm. the film that he did with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. He famously did not finish that film, although it was, uh, uh, released with substitute footage put in to right. finish the story, so I have watched that. Um, so, 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 Game of Death is clearly an influence on this issue, uh, the storyline, as well as you know, just tournament martial arts tournaments in general. No, we're not talking Karate Kid. Think more Bloodsport. Think more. Um, you know, just just uh, other types of, you know, uh, uh, martial arts uh, films and, 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 and shows that have that kind of tournament, uh, kind of battle to the death feel to them. So that's, you know, th- those were very 
large, you know, those loom large in terms of influences on this story arc. So it's, I don't know how many issues this arc is, but, you know, basically it's a game that these game, who is it, the, the game masters? What, what did they call themselves? Uh, yeah, something like, um, there was, there was an item said before, but yes, it's game masters. Right. So, right. There, you know, it's, it's the game of rings, right? Yes. And it's basically a tournament to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to earn the right to wield the 10 rings, which were literally taken out of Shang-Chi's hands. Right. So I kind of felt for Shang-Chi when he's like, Hey man, I already had these. What's going on? Right. I got to earn them again. Right. So it's funny that you mentioned, because I did not think about the, and I don't know why I, I didn't, I should have, I did not think about the martial arts uh, angle of this, where I kept strictly in the Marvel vein of this, because I was thinking totally Contest of Champions, which you know me, I will, I will do anyway, if, if, if there's any right. end of. Um, but yeah, I, that's where I totally went, because it's like plucking people, you know, from, from different places to, to, to get this thing like That's a totally a uh, Contest of Champions thing. But the uh, but the, uh, the contest of champions, secret yes. wars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that right, was but the whole, totally the whole moving life. up levels. Oh, based that on was combat. Right. That's game of death. Yeah, that's true. Also it reminded me of, uh, and I'm sure there was a couple of people that know about it. In a way, kind of reminded me of Fall Guys, which is a video game, because in it you go like four or five rounds, and each round people get cleaved off. You know, as they um, as they um, you know, as as, uh, as the rounds go well, goes by, but there's any number of games and or you know movies that were like that. So, Age of Seven is just happy to pick the best versions of those. They're, they're called the game administrators. I'm like, goodness gracious, could you come up with a more boring name? Well, you know, that's why they give them the adjective. <laughs> funny. So, but yeah, that's pretty much the crux of this. So, I had to go back and read uh, three. Because there was a character, there was a character that shows up here that uh, Shang Chi is uh, familiar with that he's not aware of the, in this contest, who apparently has been taken over by something. And I thought it was a ruse yeah, at first, right? And I was that like, happened, "Wait, I want to say that happened within the last issue." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I had to go back and read that issue to see like right. when that happened because I don't remember that happening. But then I remember reading that's uh, when I got to the end of that book. I was like, oh, "Okay, that that's when that happened." Yeah, exactly. There it is. Yeah. Oh, and and I have one funny thing to mention before we move on. So a character that Shang-Chi faces in this issue deploys a a, a tactic using rope. And Shang-Chi makes a reference saying that, uh, you know, I have a friend that shoots literal webs. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, in my mind, my first thought went to Spidey. But then, wait. He probably means silk. Ooh, you know what? You're right. Because I thought about I thought about uh, Spidey also. I was like, oh, Spidey's a friend. That's cool. Because I mean, he, and he has been in the pages of Shang Chi before uh, recently. But silk actually probably would make way more sense, right? Because she actually does shoot like Tobey Maguire style webs, right? So I didn't think about Silk, but you're right about that. It huh. just, you know, it's funny that it's funny that Jean, the way Gene and Luan Yang wrote it, it leaves it up to interpretation. Right, That's why I, way. I, I kind of got a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I was, but like, when I read it, I was like, oh, he, he, he thinks Spidey is a friend. So, right. that was, but yeah, I didn't think about Silk. That's that's a good, um, 
good good call. Right, considering the whole Agents of Atlas thing. Right, and they spent way more time with each other than than you know than Chang Chi and Spidey definitely. So, yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else I was gonna say about it, but I, I think that's pretty much it. So we can. Oh no, there's one more thing. So. Uh, a character shows up, which I don't. I need to go and look up and seeing if that's a if if there's an actual character, uh, or they just plucked this because of, you know, of being a person. Uh, but there is a person that shows up here who is named after a real life wrestler who's who is departed, but is also the title of a sumo wrestler. And the and I don't know why I even thought about this because I don't watch wrestling, but I know of the this name. So I was like, right. "Wait, Yokozuna's Yokozuna is 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 in um a spoiler, sorry, but you know is, is in the Marvel universe now, but it's not that it's not that person. I don't think. No, it's not. because they, because they play him as like, no, this is my title. Exactly. All I was gonna say is that <clears throat> that that term is actually a title for right. like a a champion sumo right. wrestler, like a sumo mistaken? right, like a sumo champion, right. Or master, you know. So right, right, right. Okay, so, we learn something new every time we do this show, folks. You gotta love it. And with that, folks, you, I was about to say, you know, uh, uh, I was about to say, you know, I have a, I have a sound effect just for that, so I won't use this one um, uh, oh. later on at the end of the show. <laughs> you have to be of a certain vintage for that one. I know, right? I almost wanted to pull the video and and, do, pull, uh, and, and have that, but we don't need to do that because we got the sound effect. Right. So, exactly, and I'll t- I'll tell you very quickly as a okay. quick aside. I had a, I was I spoke I was speaking to a dear friend this week, and I mentioned that, and she like immediately latched on to uh, being of a certain vintage. Mm-hmm. I am so glad we came up with that. I know I I'm pretty sure I came up with that, and everyone decided to adopt it. So it was good. It's a great term because we are getting old and we'd rather not talk about it. So it's a nice little alternative way of phrasing it. Yeah, indeed. And no one is after battle also. Exactly. <laughs> On a side note. All right. Uh, so out. I guess we can transition over into rapid fire. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time to bleed. One moment. Oh, sorry, folks. I had to clear my throat. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think God, I, I, damn. Exactly, exactly. I think I got that on my recording, though. So, But um, in any event, let me go through my books. And there's going to be a little bit of overlap when Roddy Cat, you know, with, uh, with Roddy Cat, and he will chime in with his thoughts on certain books. First up is Nightwing number 97. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo. Um, pencils. And inks in an, in a small section of the book are by Geraldo Borges. Uh, inks on Redondo sections are by Caio Felipe. Colors are by Adriano Lucas. And letters are by Wes Abbott. So, in the wake of the big storyline in Bloodhaven, Babs and Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Batgirl and Nightwing, have an interesting mission in this issue. Also of interest is that the relationship between Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson continues uh, 
to flourish and blossom. And it plays a tiny role in this issue in terms of the plot. So if you're looking for something where, uh, uh, if you're looking for a book that has at least the resemblance of character growth and progression, this might be a book for you because it's interesting to see Nightwing and Batgirl go and really take this, you know, further than I ever thought. It it, it reminds me of uh, Nightwing and, and Starfire in the Teen Titans days. And it's funny, I guess we can, we can throw Nightwing in the, in the sucker for redheads category as well. Yep. All righty. Um, Let's see if there's anything else I need to mention on this one. No, it's it's really the aftermath of the uh, of the the big storyline in Bloodhaven, and 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 what has happened to uh, Blockbuster. So, and I won't spoil that for anyone who is behind on their reading. Next up is Moon Knight number sixteen, is written by Jid McKay, with art by Alessandra Capuccio. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So I think Roddy Cat will be chiming in on this. So I will leave him an opportunity to add. Uh, ultimately, this issue is a direct follow up to the previous issue where Moon Knight and his two colleagues have gone down to Chinatown to confront um, uh, a group of vampires who are down there. Meanwhile, Hunter's Moon is off doing his thing because he had apparently a quote-unquote disagreement with Moon Knight. And ultimately, um, this story is told with chunks of exposition in addition to the story of Hunter's, Hunter's Moon going after those two assassins that we had seen earlier in this, uh, earlier in this arc. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we get to see the parallel stories being told, you know, one, the, ex- the exposition in Moon Knight's half of the story being told with the backdrop of what Hunter's Moon is doing. And I think this issue served to clarify what's been happening. And I think that was very important because there was a little bit of confusion leading into this issue, I think. Right. Um, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Basically when Moon Knight and crew goes into, goes into Chinatown and some would say as prepared as probably they were going to get, but apparently they did not know. We did not know we were going to get the exposition dump that we were going to when they did that, but it was good that we did cause it was needed. And I, I do love the like little kind of sort of cinematic touch of the, the side thing with Hunter's moon who let's just say he messed around and he found out. Right. <laughs> right, right, and in a way, this kind of parallels the the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. If you know what happens to a certain character in that movie, uh, without you know, well, that's funny. I knew, that, that's a reference I haven't thought about in a long time. I think about it a lot because it's happened to that character a few different times in the comics. Also, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um. That is, I feel like at this point for me, it is that character's defining uh, characteristic of, of that happening to them. But nevertheless, right. something similar happens to uh, Hunter's Moon, and I don't know if the end result of what happens to this other character is going to happen to them. Uh, but yeah, some some things are are, are going to happen in the next uh, issue or two. 
That's all I got to say about that. All righty. Next up is X-Force number 33. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So I have been kind of avoiding this whole Craven, you know, kind of side, you know, uh, Judgment Day tie-in because it's Craven. Like, what is Craven doing on Krakoa? What is who does he think he is? Right? And he basically um does some damage to a member of X-Force. <laughs> Excuse me. Because this member of X-Force has turned into a desk jockey. And, you know, that's actually part of the plot. But I will say that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, folks. It's been a little chilly up uh, around these parts recently. And I was out today. I did have a hat on, but apparently I need to get some more warm beverages. Um, I will say that uh, a highlight of this issue is Wolverine showing Craven exactly what he's good at. I'll leave it at that. He is the best at what he does. Exactly. Next up is X-Men number 16. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Joshua Kassara, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So this is actually a really, you know, interesting issue, right? Because this team of X-Men has some interesting characters uh, on it now. The roster is built up of you know, kind of a motley crew of X-Men that have had some weird character developments over the last, say, 10 to 10 years or even 15 years. One of them being Havoc, right? There's a little bit of Summer's brother frustration, frustration, uh, Summer's brother frustrations boiling over in this issue. And it leads to some silliness, right? But, you know, that's what happens between siblings. It's just what it is, Right. You know, I don't have a brother, but I can only imagine what my life would be like if I did. I can I do, and I definitely can. So ultimately, in this issue, there is a nice cliffhanger reveal at the end. You know, we're dealing with the um, uh, children of the uh, uh, what you call it, the um, vault. Yeah, children of the vault. Sorry about that. I, I froze uh, on that knee on that last part. We're dealing with the children of the vault stuff uh, in this issue, and what's funny is that um, the reveal to me, and I've been reading this stuff relatively closely, maybe not as closely as I should have, because as we always say, folks, we read a lot of comics. We are not your average, you know, comic book reader. You know, we are not. We read a lot of comics. And so uh, we tend to kind of forget some of these things, you know, just because we got we get our facts jumbled up and uh, it's just a it's just a fact of life. But I really liked the cliffhanger ending in this and what ramifications there might be going forward with members of, you know, the the, the Krakoan crew. So. Uh, I would recommend that Roddy Cat take a look at this issue, and he'll—I think he'll agree. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up. Actually, I think I'm—I am caught up with X Men, uh, with the exception of this issue. So, yeah, that'll happen. Alrighty. Next up is Thor number twenty-eight. 
The plot is by Al Ewing and Donny Cates. And the reason why is because Venom is involved. The script is by Al Ewing with uh, guest artist Salvador LaRocca. Guest colorist uh, is Edgar Delgado. And the letters are done by VC's Joe Sabino. So this is an interesting issue because I don't particularly care for the Venom character. I just don't. Right? I know that they have developed Venom into the king in black and you know Eddie Brock has come a long way the character of Eddie Brock has come a long way from where he once was i know he has a son i know you know he's got all of these you know uh, uh universe spanning symbiote related powers i get it i get it i get it i just do not care for it in this issue we have an interesting and I use this term almost literally combination of Thor and Venom uh, dealing with a souped up uh, former Thor villain. The byproduct of this entire fight, though, is to deal with the Donald Blake. Uh, I want to say villain because that's what he ended up being. The Donald Blake villain that uh, Kate's introduced earlier in this run. And I know that Roddy Cat has not been keeping up on this. So that's a spoiler if you are not up on it. But I really liked what they did with that Donald Blake character. And this development, I kind of groaned at. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Okay. All right, and it looks like I just have two books left, folks. First is Predator number three. It's written by Ed Brisson with art by Kev Walker, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So I think Roddy Cat's trying to keep up with this. Uh, I, I said I was going to. That and the Alien, which also came out this week, uh, but I, I haven't. Right. I'm not, as, I'm not as big a fan of Alien as as I am of the Predator series, even though I honestly have not watched any of the other Predator movies that closely. I've watched the original Predator. I watched Prey, the, you know, the, 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 the newest spinoff. But all of the other ones, even Predator 2, I barely remember. Um, I did best. not watch that in theaters. I did not watch that on cable growing up. I think I watched it when I was in college. It, it's for the best. Predator 2 is not that great. <laughs> I, I love Danny Glover, but no, that, that shouldn't have happened. Right. So, so, so ultimately in this issue, we get to see, you know, this future, you know, this future, uh, uh, you know, this near, like near ish, let's say future, uh, where the predator, you know, where, where there is a, a human character hunting predators. And in this issue, tables get turned leading into a big, uh, into a big confrontation in the next issue. So uh, if you are interested in seeing uh, Kev Walker's really cool designs and really cool action, you know, the way he draws his action is really, you know, it's just really well composed on the page. So you may want to check this out. Question. Last. Question. Sorry, go ahead. Could it be possible that this book could be somehow tying into Prey? Does it look like they could have done something like that if they have not? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. But obviously, you know, uh, time being what it is, you never know. 
you know, when I say time, I'm referring directly to time travel. Right. So, all right. Last for me is Miracle Man number one. It's written by Neil Gaiman with art by Mark Buckingham, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Todd Klein. So this book is hard for me to describe because I am not that familiar with the Miracle Man mythos. So I'm literally going to go off of some of the the blurb that Marvel provides for this issue, right? So this is the the, the kickoff for the unfinished storyline, the Silver Age that Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham put together. Young Miracle Man, the lost member of the Miracle Man family, is back. His last memories were of a 1963 world of joy and innocence. He's been thrust into the 21st century where his best friends have become gods and monsters. So this is basically a remastered version with new stunning artwork by Mark Buckingham and includes material originally presented in Miracle Man from 1985, number 23, plus bonus content. So I read this knowing that this is kind of a reboot of this unfinished storyline. So this is the this is the part where you want to get in. And I like that um, it was semi-new reader friendly. I like that. As a number one issue, it should be. You know, you kind of get tossed in, but you also get an origin of this young Miracle Man character. And partially an origin of the Miracle Man character as well. You know, told in exposition and flashback. Okay. So, you know, if you're even mildly curious about the character and what Marvel might decide to do with them, then you should take a look at this issue. Can you describe Miracle Man's powers? Power set. What's that? Can you describe Miracle Man's power set? Uh, not, Not directly from this issue. Gotcha. Not directly from this issue. I mean, think it's a, you know, he's definitely a a version of, you know, uh, uh, not exactly Superman, but close. No, no, Captain, obviously he was a takeoff of Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. Gotcha. I was curious if they were going to go, you know, because I, or or whether they were like, well, the people that's going to read this will already kind of have an idea. So this is just going to. Right, but at the same time, I I, I like that they made this as new reader-friendly as possible. Right. You know, because it's remastered. I don't know. I I don't have the original issue number 23 in front of me to compare it to. Sure. Right, but at the same time, I appreciate that the way this issue is constructed, that there is, in fact, uh, a a way to get caught up on everything in a new number one issue. All righty. And that's it for me. Uh, then we start off my books with, uh, that's the wrong cover, but that's why we'll get there. Batman Superman, World's Finest, number eight. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. I'm having issues of my own here. Um, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, whose art is great. I love his art. Uh, colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Letters by, excuse me, Steve Wands. So this is the continuing adventure of uh, Superman's previously unknown sidekick who has been named in this issue Boy Thunder. To which, you know, Robin didn't care too much about, even though he doesn't like Boy Wonder. Apparently we found out he doesn't like Boy Wonder. This is also set not, let's say, in the current timeline of DC. And in fact, this whole this whole volume has not been. So Dick Grayson is still Robin in this um, in, in this particular volume, if that gives you a time frame. Uh, and like I said, 
Superman now has, well, ends up having a um, sidekick who kind of shares his origin story to a point, uh, as as we found out last issue, which is the first uh, part of this of arc. Um, and in that, you know, this uh, new character is kind of learning the ropes and getting a feel for, not necessarily getting a feel for his powers, but he does get tested in the beginning uh, on that, to which Robin kind of has a, a theory about part of which um, when he takes him, takes him to the Teen Titans of that era. Um, that being said, there's a villain that shows up who apparently is according to uh, the story a Justice League villain but I've never seen but again I'm not going to sit here and say that I know every Justice League and or you know DC villain ever ever made because they got a lot of them and a lot of them are crazy and dumb this one would would fall and still fall into that category because they're called the key I'm just let's see that wait there's a they huh I thought the key was a single person it is Oh, okay. No, that 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 that, that tracks. That's a. I, I recall when that character I think was introduced. Okay, good. I'm that's glad you 90s. did. I want to say that's a late '90s character, like that, early aughts, late '90s, also, early aughts. Well, that would also make sense as to why I wouldn't know him. But again, like I said, I, I wasn't not. I'm not the biggest Justice League uh, comic book, you know, reader. So, right. I think this came out during the Morrison run, mm-hmm. like the Morrison Porter run. Okay. So, but yeah, so, uh, and apparently this, this character g- gave our heroes uh, a run for their money, given what they uh, put here having to do with Gotham and a citywide, um, the, the citywide threat that, it, uh, that this character posed, which calls for uh, Superman, Batman, and uh, uh, Supergirl, and this new character, and Robin, and, you know, everybody who's involved with this story to kind of, you know, be around or be on guard but the whole thing surfaces um as to i guess one bring in this new uh psychic character but also shows that he's still kind of dealing with some stuff giving his origin story which i won't really go into and i think i did talk about last time we talked about this uh book uh that he's still kind of dealing with and that supergirl in particular understands uh, because as I said, like I said, this character has a relatively similar, uh, origin to Superman. So take with that what you will of that, but coming out of that, it also left with some baggage that they were still dealing with that. Apparently, like I said, Supergirl knows something about. So, um, actually a couple of, uh, another hero kind of comes into fray, uh, comes in as a cameo for that I didn't expect, but I guess this is Mark Wade having fun with bringing some folks in and out of, uh, the story. Um, but at the end of this issue, uh, a villain comes along that, um, let's say one, uh, character is quite familiar with, uh, having some images with sidekicks. I mean, have, it's having some fun with sidekicks. And that's all I'll say about that. Hang on one moment, folks. No worries. No worries. I'll play the Jeopardy music. Hello. We are waiting for Roddy Cat to return. And he's about to come back on. I'm back. Sorry, folks. Um, we cover. I, we all covered for you. 
Apparently there's some shenanigans outside my window. Um, not like directly, but anyway, uh, something's going on outside. Shenanigans out the window. Apparently. Then that's the name of my new book. Shenanigans out the window, folks. Look forward in your bookstores. Uh, not really. Um, that sounds more like a webcomic or an anime. Anyway, yeah. next book for me is a Black Adam number four, number five. Excuse me, not four. Um, I have it as four, but apparently that's not right. Uh, script by Christopher. Man, the typos are coming hot and heavy tonight. This is great. Chris- Christopher Priest. Art by Rafa Sandoval and Jordi Tarragona. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, uh, Jose Luis, and Jonas Trindad. Uh, colors by Matt Herms and letters by Willie Schubert. Hey, Sarayu, how you doing? Um, shout out to Sarayu in the chat. Love her. She's dope. Um, also, Benji, Benji plays game, uh, Benji Games 2 was uh, going along with your Jeopardy theme, so he's with it, or they're with it. I don't know if it was a he or she, so apologies. Thank Either you. Way, <laughs> Either way, um, so we still got the ongoing issue. This is five or twelve, by the way. If I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't said that. Um, so, um, I guess speaking of uh, major DC characters, one ends up coming into the fold. Um, as a matter of fact, one of which we just talked about in the last uh, uh, ish, um, last uh, book I just talked about. So I'll let you figure out which one that would, that one's going to be. But nevertheless, um, this character and Adam kind of have a little chit-chat before a confrontation at the end. And apparently this, um, this book takes place before the ongoing Dark Crisis... Uh, that is still going on in the DC universe because of something they talk about during their chat. Um, there's, let's see, there's this new character named Malik who is apparently a descendant of, uh, of Black Adams who has also been given part of uh, Adams' powers, which we this has been a, another ongoing thing during the course of this book. And the fact that they came down uh, with the same uh, affliction, I guess, that Adam had to come across uh, initially is still ongoing. But the both of them, well, I guess they're going to eventually come together to, to uh, figure out what's going on. Because Adam has a, an idea to try to how to fix the situation, which leads to... A an amusing uh, exchange between the two characters in the middle of an operating room uh, setting, of which uh, Malik is like, "Wait, why did I even do that?" And uh, Malik, who's the character's name, also has a greatest American hero moment, of which, if you are of a certain vintage, you will know who and what the greatest American hero is. The rest of you, just look it up. That's all I will say. Um, but he does have that moment. Um, and like I said, the end of the book ends up uh, leading to a confrontation within a couple of people uh, who apparently, well, uh, one character, one main character, and another character who comes into the book who apparently just wanted to talk. And uh, to, uh, and I guess this is that confrontation is starting to come to going to come to a head, interestingly enough. Uh, the, the next book for me, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Oh, that whole thing was totally wrong. Sorry, folks. If you're watching the video version, um, something between OBS and, and these images are not playing right. So I'll have to figure that out. But that'll work out. I Am Batman number 14 is my next book, however. Uh, it is written by John Ridley with art by Kristen Deuce and Tom Derenick, uh, colors by Rex Locus and Romulo uh, Fajardo, uh, and letters by Troy Pateri. So um, we still have the New York of Batman, that being Jace, uh, Jace uh, Fox, who is, yes, Lucius's fun, son, one of Lucius's fun, sons, I guess. Excuse me, I should say, not the other one. Um, he has been teaming up with the question, Renee Montoya, who also in her outside life um, uh, in the story came to New York because she was offered a position as the commissioner of New York's uh, police, uh, of which she now has an answer to that leads up to another miniseries that actually also came out this week uh, called uh, GCPD The Wall that she's now going to go into, but I didn't get a chance to read that, unfortunately, uh, yet. But nevertheless, she's going off on her own thing, but the team up between her and uh, this new Batman um, ends ends on a good note because, you know, I guess they get an, an understanding of each other now. And, um, well, to a point, anyway, because the new Batman ends up running into... Um, some police that they've been running that that he's been uh, kind of uh partnering with but um one of them decides to kind of uh read him and as i said about um another character in another book he messed around and found out uh which is going to lead to some issue uh next uh next uh issue no doubt but also the side story is one of another Fox uh, sibling, that being the younger uh, Tiff, has also kind of been getting her Robin wings, in a sense, trying to help out uh, a friend of hers. And at some point, she's she's this is her first steps in actually uh, taking an active role in that uh, process, let's just say. And uh, we'll see how that uh, how that bears out, because she also had a run in with the police and she's also going to have a run in with her big brother, who I don't I'm fairly certain she does not know is Batman at this point. But that's going to, again, come to a head at some point. Um, but I've been enjoying this book. It, it's been pretty good uh, still. So I'm, I'm I had doubts. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number 28 is my next book is written by Greg Park art by Rafaela Ainco uh, colors by Carlos Lopez and letters by BC's Joe Caramagna uh, so this is what happens after Vader finds out that he got set up by the em Emperor again um he and one of Padme's former. Oh, I'm maybe. sorry. I was muted. I was going to say again. Again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he goes to confront uh, the the emperor as he's wont to do, but it doesn't necessarily turn out though the way that you think it would in a way. Also, he puts uh, this handmaiden, his former handmaiden, whose name is Sabe, into a predicament that. Um, that uh, his son, let's say, once upon a time in a movie, 
potentially shared, but she kind of has a better time of it. Let's uh, say it also seems like she may be getting groomed into the ways of the dark side during all of this as things just kind of go like, all right, y'all go off and do this other thing, uh, which sends them to a, actually a kind of familiar place to the clone wars. Now that I think about it, dealing with a family member of, uh, of, um, of a person that Anakin once fought and defeated. Uh, so I guess it's, going back to old stomping grounds for, for uh, the former Anakin Skywalker. Uh, and um, we will see what's going on with that uh, in the next issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next book is Crypt of Shadows, number one. Uh, buckle up, folks, because there's a, a, there's a lot of names on this book. As soon as I find the cover. Oh, look at that teeny cover. Look at it. Um pink there we go so basically this is kind of one of those um uh anthology books for 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 the halloween season let's say because it's four stories with um with four different characters actually i think is more like three stories uh but with a wrapper to it um the first overarching kind of story and it actually kind of reads like tales of the crypt um Twilight Zone style where you know you have this narrator kind of come in and out between the stories uh, and the narrator in this case is one Victor Strange who is supposedly the brother of one Doctor Strange but apparently there's an in- Infinity comic that deals with this uh, Benji Games 2 says oh, they almost uh, picked this up it's it's an, it's an interesting read so I won't go too far into it and say that well one the, the overarching thing is written by Al Ewing with art by Ramon Vox and colors by Rain Barreto. The second story, which is a bloodline story, um, is written by Danny Lore, who is going to be writing the uh, bloodline uh, ongoing comic uh, with art by Karen S. Darbo and color artist uh, Chris Peter. Uh, the third story is a werewolf by night, the new werewolf by night and a uh, moon Knight story that is written by Rebecca Roanhorse. Uh, with art by Jeff Shaw and color artist, um, uh, excuse me, RF Priento. Uh, the fourth story is been is written by Chris Cooper. Um, art by Abraham Mustafa and colors by Niraj uh, Minnan. I'm sorry, there is more. There's actually uh, like six, seven. There's like seven or eight stories in here. Excuse me. Um, the fifth story is written by Chris Condone with art by Fran Galen. And colors by James Campbell, and the sixth and final story uh, is written and um, and art by Adam Warren. It's colors by Guru EFX, and the whole thing's lettered by uh, VCs Travis Lanham. So, like I said, the whole overarching thing is the whole wrapper with uh, Vic Strange. Second book, the second story is um, is like I said, Bloodline. Who, if you had not read the uh, Free Comic Book Day story from this year. Uh, this is probably going to be your first intro to that character, but if you really want the real intro, you might want to go check out and see if you can find that free combo day, which is probably out there on Marvel Unlimited, I'm sure. Not a sponsor, just a resource, uh, as we tend to say. Like I said, the third story is Werewolf by Night, who ends up going to a party with his friend, and Moon Knight somehow intervenes because of some, some trouble happening, because the, 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 the party is not what he seems. Uh, the fourth story is Morbin Time. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh the fifth story has to do with Elsa Bloodstone uh meeting 
uh, Spider-Man and Human Torch in a particular way. Um, and the last story is a meeting of uh, Man-Thing and Laura Kinney Wolverine over time. Uh, and I see that in the... In, in if, once you read the story, you'll know what I mean by that. Because time is definitely a, a thing in this story. Like I said, this, it is... Um, is it is a Halloween type of situation, like the done tales of the crypt style, um, few pages a, a, a piece, with the exception of the overarching uh, you know thing with the, the that Victor Strange character. So it's um it's fun, it's fun. I'll, I'll say that. Um, so uh, let's see. But what's more fun is Midnight Suns number two, uh, which is a potential click of the week. For me, I will go so far as to say it's written by uh, Ethan Sachs, art by Luigi Zagaria, uh, colors by Antonia Fabella, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So, yes, Midnight Sun is uh, the book that is um, it's not parallel to the video game. In fact, I, as far as I can tell, has nothing to do with the video game. But because that video game's coming out, they wanted to put a story out. Uh, and have some of the characters from the video game uh, in the story. And that's pretty much what this is. You kind of hate to say it like that, but th that's how comics f work, folks. <laughs> um, but in, in this case, uh, there is a student at uh, Strange Academy named Zoe Laveau, related to Marie, uh, who um, is a part of some apocalyptic vision that a whole bunch of magic users... Um, have seen and have reacted to in different ways. And in this particular issue, Dr. Doom, one of those particular folks decides to come and collect the young lady for herself, uh, for himself, excuse me. And of course, you know, the, the folks, uh, um, that involved on the other side of that, not having that. So there's a big fight between, uh, these magic users and doom, who, you know, Doom's quite formidable and formidable and definitely gives them a run for his, for 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 their morning for their money until uh another character comes in at the end of this and decides to take charge of the whole situation. Uh and if you think about who would be one of the biggest ma magic users in the Marvel universe uh, that would possibly be involved with this. You got an idea of who that person might be. Um, they even had one little, nice little sting on, on, on doom. And they've also in, in their own book also kind of have dealt with, uh, Dr. Doom previously. So this was not the first time of their meeting, uh, by a long shot, but they also got a nice little dig off of, off of, um, before, uh, it was all said and done. So yeah, this was a fun read. And I, um, I, um, I've actually liked it despite the fact, you know, it's, it's a book that is kind of along with another property, a uh, 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 property that's not even out yet, which is actually soon. I don't think about it because the video game, I think comes out on December 2nd, uh, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, let's see. We talked about Shang-Chi, Iron Man. Actually, that's it. No, no, no. Well, no, no. Yeah. Cause we talked about Moon Knight also. So yeah, that is it for me, folks. Uh, let us get clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So we do have one click from our co-hosts. We do. Uh, Batman, One Bad Day, The Penguin, number one. 
which is Dirt's uh, pick. Click. There you go. There's the thing. Um, this is that Paul. Is this that? Um, no, this is John Ridley. Yeah, John Ridley uh, is writing this one, actually. Um, to which Dirt says that he uh, said that the kid at one of his uh, comic shops recommended it and he enjoyed it a lot because he didn't plan on reading it, but he's glad he did. So right. call it a pleasant surprise. Click of the week this week for PCN underscore dirt. Yep. Um, do you have yours? I'm still thinking. I had a good time reading my books this week. I oh. just didn't have that one standout book. So if you have one, please feel free to share it. But hmm. otherwise, I'm going to need a, f- a few more moments. Sure. Now, just imagine if we were doing this yesterday. Uh, yes, yesterday when we would have normally uh, <laughs> been recording. <laughs> well, yesterday would have been easy because I literally had like three books in hand, like, you know, three books to read. Yeah. So, folks, it was an w- interesting week with books coming out. And normally we would have gotten books uh, prior to prior to the show. But uh, books for some strange reason, wasn't out there. But they were just late coming to us. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Might have been possibly more than that, but I'm not, I can't, I can't, we can't say one way or the other from that, but we definitely didn't get our books um, um, when we needed to. Right. Or before we needed to. So, So, but nevertheless. Now that we have, right, now that we've read this week's books, now we're okay with that. Um, I I don't I, you know I may go with my original pick you know when I only had one book to read but I actually really believe it or not I really enjoyed reading Predator number three okay and you know just because it was just really well paced the art was great um, you know I I I obviously like the you know the homages in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings number four I actually liked the developments in X Men number sixteen except for you know how the you know, how they continue to write uh Alex Summers as as this you know really kind of weird you know it's a you know they they've they've really had a tough time kind of figuring out what to do with Havoc yeah um i kind of like moon knight number 16 this week you know shout out to Jed McKay who is a per, a per, uh, a consistent favorite uh between the two of us as co-hosts True. on this show um but I think I'm going to stick with Predator number three, written by Ed Brisson and with art by Kev Walker, um, because I just enjoyed reading it. It was a it was a good, fun, well paced read, gotcha. and it sets up a great little you know a great little you know the the cliffhanger page was really good. <laughs> Benji Games two said he was gonna they were gonna ask if uh, if either one of us read the uh, the Predator comic. Yeah. I- I need to catch up on it, and um, yeah, and like Agent Seventy said, he's 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 on that one. Right, I am um, up to date on that. That Predator book is pretty good right now. Yeah, like, and the Alien book also came out this week, but I didn't uh, didn't get a chance to read it. Also, GI Joe uh, uh, Real American Hero, which I uh, totally forgot to read because that's but it's, it's two ninety nine, right? So it's the penultimate correct. issue. Exactly. So I was kind of wanting to get that so I can kind of get back on that. I think I'm actually going to go with though Midnight Suns number two though. Okay. Um, it was it was fun. Like I said, um, it's um, I, despite one character having their own pity, well, two characters having their own little pity party in the course of uh, in the course of the issue. It was a nice fun action bit, and like I said, uh, Doom sparring off with like 
four, five or six characters, you know, while um, I forgot. Actually, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, Zoe uh, got whisked away by Agatha, old school Agatha Harkness. And I say old school Agatha Harkness because it is the classic version and not the um, the slightly younger version that was that showed up in um, the, the, the Scarlet Witch book or that we saw and we'll probably see again uh, in the MCU, uh, the MCU version of Scott, uh, of um, Agatha Harkness, because I'm sure they are going to bring that version of the character to, to the comics again. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that I know that for a fact, because I think we've talked about it as much. So that, folks, is it. And I'm going to, while I am writing all of this down, um... Yeah, Benji came to say he picked up both of those, so that's cool. Um, we're going to get into one ad read before we get into the news. All righty, our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news. Uh, first up, comic, cartoon, excuse me, cartoon Network speaks out about its newly uh, announced merger. They basically said we ain't go with nowhere. But oh, no. um, but also I saw another um, meme that was basically just like um, I think it was um, Lois Peter Griffin's wife with a gun to her back talking about just tell him everything's okay. And it was on oh, no. the Cartoon Network. So, yeah, because it came out that basically the, 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 the this article was about that uh, cartoon. Well, there was some hubbub about Cartoon Nether, whether it was going to be around next year out there and cart and folks from Cartoon Network um, finding out about it, supposedly finding out about it on um, on social media as opposed to the way you think they would. But they came out and basically rested folks' um, fears and said, no, we're still, like, even with the change going on, we're still going to be around, we're still going to be doing our thing, you know, don't, don't worry. As a matter of fact, it, it's here. Um, in the article, if you're watching the video version, the, the tweet from them says, uh, y'all, we're not dead, we're just turning 30, and with a lol emoji. Uh, it says to our fans, we're not going anywhere. We have been and always uh, be and always will be your home for beloved, innovative comics, cartoons. Excuse me, more to come soon with a bunch of hashtags to it. And then, of course, they followed up to when the internet says you're dead, but you're still sitting here like something. So you know, somebody who's holding the account uh, is having some fun over there for the time being. Sounds like it. Yeah. Next up. Next up. Uh, let's see here. Did I open the wrong article? I did. My apologies. Um, uh, the trailer for Transformers Earth Spark. Everything okay? Um, I don't know. Um, 
Benji, can you can you hear uh, Agent Seventy again? Or are you saying you saying OBS is not letting you talk again? But I'm seeing your levels, so I don't know. OBS, leave me alone. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with that. If that's leave me alone, OBS, leave me alone. Um, can keep going until. Oh, said oh, so Ryu says your voice cut out during the ad read. I'm not sure, but you sound oh, fine. Oh, okay, thanks, Ryu. Interesting. Thanks, Jazz. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you for the uh, the oversight there. Yeah. So uh, next up, our next story is a trailer for Transformers Earth Spark introduces a new generation of heroes. So Paramount Plus has released a trailer for the upcoming animated series Transformers Earth Spark. Uh, so this series features the return of some fan favorite Transformers characters, but it also introduces us to a whole new generation of heroes that will be trained to help save the world from dangerous threats. These new characters are the first to be born on Earth, and they're called Terrans. Interesting. So this is from Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And it's going to premiere on Friday, November 11th. There's going to be the first 10 episodes uh, will be available to stream exclusively on Paramount Plus, and you know what I got to say about that? Nope. <laughs> Indeed. Sorry, Paramount Plus. Eh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can understand it. This seems uh, more along the line of that last um, uh, Nickelodeon one, which I heard you know the kids like Cyberverse, and I think uh, even. Uh, Trying to show Matt uh, Matt Wang said uh, it it gets good, but it it seemed more along the lines of that than not. But I give it a shot. You know me, I do love me some Transformers, but this seems more for the kids than me. <laughs> Next up, though, uh, HBO Max a live action Zatanna movie scrapped, looking for a new streaming home. It seems so. Yes, there was supposed to be a live action Zatanna movie uh, with J.J. Uh, Abrams behind it. But it sounds like uh, with everything else that is going on with um, with uh, HBO Max uh, and Warner Discovery uh, may have uh, gotten got put on the block and chopped away. So, and this was according to the Hollywood Reporter. So I guess it's good that they're still looking for another home, which uh, a lot of uh, um, projects that are leaving are doing. So good for them. Hope it finds a home. Next up, let's hope. Yeah. Speaking of things getting chopped at Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, one of the things that's not getting chopped, though, is uh, things related to Matt Reeves's The Batman. Reeves has signed an overall deal with the studio and is hard at work on several spinoffs like the upcoming Colin Farrell-led The Penguin series for HBO Max. Uh, let's see. Farrell previously revealed that the series would take place a week after the events of The Batman. And now the actor is officially teasing the series. In an interview with Collider, the actor revealed that they're filming in New York and even called the script, quote unquote, tasty. So he he does qualify this and says, I think if it goes ahead, I read the first episode, which is just so tasty and so unusual as the character was on the page and what Matt Reeves kind of envisioned when he was thinking of this iteration of the bang up of uh, of the bang up of Oz. So, yeah, it'll be, I think, six or eight hours. I'm supposed to read episode two and three within the next week. Okay. I still haven't watched the movie yet. 
Really? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The ending, the ending, obviously, you know, to me has a lot, to, leaves a lot to be desired. Sure. No surprise there, but it's probably, I, I suspect, there's reason for it, given all these spinoffs. Speaking of which, uh, Matt Reeves is planning several Batman villain spinoffs, such as Scarecrow, Clayface, and others. So they're just letting Matt Reeves do whatever he wants, or just about anything he wants over there with his uh, with his jobbies. So yeah, we already talked about the Penguin series, and there's going to be an Arkham Asylum series, and now um, amongst the names uh, uh, of villains that are potentially getting a show, there's also Professor Pig potentially getting a, um, a show. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, like I said... Um, it says, da, 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 da. but it says it talked about, it goes into talking about the movie and the two main villains, uh, that of uh, Riddler and Penguin. And apparently there was another third villain, uh, that potentially could have been there in the name of Mr. Freeze, but, uh, sure. I guess. So it's, I guess it sounds like, uh, Batman's, uh, villains are getting something i don't know go go figure folks next up <laughs> all right so interestingly and I, I i remember reading about this and i think we've talked about this on the show the actor tim curry was originally cast as the joker on batman the animated series and he had recorded as the joker for several episodes before developing bronchitis and then falling out of favor with the show's producers and so the role was recast with Mark Hamill, who obviously did, in my opinion, the very best Joker that's ever been put on screen. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Hamill redubbed all of Curry's dialogue. And Curry's recordings were mostly lost to history. But apparently they have resurfaced and a, uh, an internet user has synced the newly resurfaced Curry dialogue to the relevant episode and posted a series of clips to YouTube. So, you know, we could have a chance to see what could have been. And here, what could have been, that is. Yep, which is also kind of funny because this very day I was watching uh, someone play um, a video game, Gabriel Knight, of which Tim Curry voices the main character of. Uh, okay. And that, yeah, and they also showed some behind the scenes with him doing some of his line with, actually, and Mark Hamill also, um, <laughs> also was in um, uh, this video game. So it's kind of funny, and actually, um, Ephraim Zimmer Jr., who plays who played uh, Batman, I mean, who played uh, Alfred uh, in Batman TAS. So it was kind of like, wow, there's a whole bunch of uh, Batman uh, Batman TAS folks uh, in this production, which I think was yep. probably right after it started. I think uh, when Gabriel Knight came out, actually, it might have been either the same year or shortly after it came came out. So it's kind of funny of this. Um, but next up. Some, I would say, dumb news, but the uh, ongoing sorry uh, saga of that idiot who's going around on per- crime sprees, Ezra Miller, please and leading not- cults. Yes, Ezra Miller, please not guilty to felony burglary charges, faces up to twenty six years in prison. Also, could face up to two thousand dollars in fine, according to this article, uh, as reported by Deadline. So we, I feel like we, I don't need to go through all of the, the, the whole crime screws. We know he's done some shit. He's still attached to the Flash movie, apparently. Uh, and 
some would argue, has been hidden out uh, up until recently by Warner Brothers for them to finish the movie. So, because he definitely has been said to have shown up for reshoots. So, something, yeah, something is... That boy ain't right, as uh, one Hank Hill would say. So, but nevertheless, he's been up on charges. He pleads not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. And no, we do not. Um, He's probably going to walk. Let's face it. This, this is so stupid. Uh, but nevertheless, next movie, I mean, the next uh, article kind of... Um, Right, in a follow-up story, so despite The Flash's long and troubled production, a script for a sequel has already been completed ahead of the film's release in 2023. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, an anonymous Warner Brothers Discovery Insider revealed that David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who penned Aquaman, has already finished a script for a sequel to The Flash, provided it, quote, does well, unquote. As of the writing of this, as of the posting of this article, the Flash has a release date of June twenty third, twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, I don't know if there are folks who was like, yeah, he's troubled. This and that, other. you know what? It just it does. There's only so much that flies. So much of that flies before you have to say, nah, that boy's got problems. Someone you could say that about another celebrity, but we ain't even gonna talk about that fool either. Um, so we're just going to go on to the embattled, uh, DCEU boss, Walter Hamada parting ways with Warner Brothers. So this has kind of been an ongoing thing, um, uh, that we've been hearing about off and on. So this is the DC films president, uh, Walter Hamada. Uh, he stepped down from his role as according to this article ending a tenure that has become defined by controversy, both on and off screen. Um, see, he had his job since 2018, um, and, uh, supposedly had re-upped for 2021, well, had, excuse me, re-upped for 2021, but now finally stepping down. Um, it says here, the company, oh, the company now prepares to make the ongoing boss's final payout, therefore making a tectonic shift for DC uh, for the DC extended universe. I know they're still trying to find someone to fill that shoes and there's been people uh, you know in the running of which one person that we talked about like a week or two ago kind of uh, said nah I think but nevertheless um, yeah this is a thing uh, that's been going on amongst the other troubles with Warner Brother and Discovery so Next up. In the saddest news we had this past week, veteran actor Robbie Coltrane, who is best known for portraying Rubius Hagrid in the Harry Potter film franchise and Valentin Dmitrovich Zukovsky in the James Bond films, died this week at 72. In a statement to the BBC, Coltrane's agent, Belinda Wright, confirmed the actor died in a hospital near Falkirk in Scotland. So, uh, yeah, this was some really sad news. Uh, he wasn't that old. He was only 72. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, he's, he had a long list of credits, Mm -hmm. but we all know him. you know, at least fans of genre know him as, uh, Hagrid. And, you know, that's a, it's a, 
you know, those movies would not be the same without Hagrid, without Robbie Coltrane's portrayal of Hagrid. So, this is um, true. you know, uh, wands up as, 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 as uh, Harry Potter fans uh, and, and aficionados would say. Indeed. And I guess, as they would say in Tolkien, we wait for you. Yep. Uh, the Simpsons Treehouse of Terror 33 features uh, a Bob's Burger crossover. 33 seasons of that damn show, y'all. <laughs> Dang. Crazy. Actually, wait, I think it's more than... Uh, no, wait. Is it like 34, 35, actually? I think so. I don't think they did Treehouse of Horror for every season for the first right because I think right because I think it, it wasn't there wasn't one for first season. I think they started out like a season too late, so it might actually be thirty four, thirty four, thirty five season. Regardless, um, the the newest Treehouse of Terror will uh, premiere on October thirtieth of this here year, and I won't go into because I know this article does go into what the crossover will entail. So I will leave that to folks for folks to watch that for themselves. Um, next up. She-Hulk attorney at law writer Zeb Wells has revealed that Daredevil villain Stiltman was originally considered to join Emil Blonsky's support group. So these are spoilers for uh, the She-Hulk uh, limited series, miniseries that we just finished watching on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's the gist of the story, is that uh, Stiltman was considered uh, for inclusion in that support group. Somewhere, I like to think, it was like, yeah, but this budget, and that budget's already been spent on She-Hulk, so no. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, that's what Kevin would say. Right. Exactly. Uh, Benji Games 2 said he would watch that, talking about the Simpsons thing. He's like, yeah, it's, I, I was, actually, that was what I was going to say in passing. I, was, I, was like, I used to watch those pretty heavily. Um, and I actually I have thought about I think they Disney Plus kind of has it to where you can watch all just the Treehouse of uh, Horrors I think I might mm-hmm. be slightly off about that um, but I would probably revisit some of those but yeah, who knows but yeah the She-Hulk thing like you know what Stiltman would have been a, a, a good gag but I'm pretty sure yeah that would that, uh, that one of the, the their effects budget was already on struggle um Speaking of She-Hulk, though, the leader was actually originally part of season one plans, like um, like people speculated, like us. <laughs> so it says here that, uh, quote-unquote, uh, this is from head writer Jessica Gao, that in her original pitch, uh, she did have the leader in there, and that just as an option, as a suggestion, you know, but... Um, she could, can't remember why it was scrapped. Doesn't remember why, if it was organically taken out because they just came up with other stuff or they were told no. She doesn't remember. Um, but there was thought about either bringing them back or doing some version of a new leader, uh, a new version of the leader, excuse me, and some relation to the one that we met in the Hulk movie. But, uh, I mean, this was three years ago, and the show has evolved so much that they don't remember what actually happened. So, you know. So, this is... I, I, I like stories about this because after a season comes out and you hear all the stories about what could have, should have, what could have been, and what didn't happen, sometimes I, I enjoy hearing some of those stories. But it's also like, man, how come we didn't get some of this? You know? Some of the stuff that's, um, that, that they um, thought to put in, put it that way. So... It's always fun stuff regardless. Next up, though, 
All right. She-Hulk attorney at law director Kat Coiro says she is more than ready to make a World War Hulk movie. Following the release of She-Hulk season one, uh, Coiro spoke to comicbook.com about the possibility of adapting the memorable Hulk storyline into a future Marvel Cinematic Universe project. Obviously, there is a reveal at the end of She-Hulk that lends itself to telling the World War Hulk story. And we started off with it, so they might as well do something with it. Yeah, the stage is definitely set for that, mm-hmm. to be for that story to be told. Well, with Bun Knight getting a behind-the-scenes special, which feels like a kind of a no-duh, given that everything Marvel, uh, they've put out on Disney Plus and or in the movies has had one. Right. So, but this is a confirmation that it is a thing. Uh, it is going to be released... Let's say soon, because I don't see a date on here. But if it's probably not already out there. Um, oh, wait, here we go. Uh, looks like November 4th, um, which comes a day behind the uh, assembled for Mar- uh, the making of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So, so yeah. November 3rd, She-Hulk, Marvel, uh, and then uh, it's called The Directed by Night, apparently, which is... Um, uh, it says a special focusing on Michael Giacchino directing uh, Werewolf by Night. So look out for that if you're interested. Next up. In this week's biggest news, probably, Harrison Ford is now set as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. He's recasting. They've recast the role for Captain America New World Order and will start opposite Anthony Mackie. So, uh, yeah, he may not be saying that's not how the force works. He may not be wielding a bullwhip, but he's standing in for the late William Hurt in the role of General Ross. And we'll see if uh, Liv Tyler reprises her role as a Betty. Right. And there was there were, have been uh, rumors for the past couple of weeks about whether Harrison Ford was going to be attached to this. And the only thing that can be said now is it's true. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna get a, if you're gonna get a commercially dude to play a general, if you're gonna get a commercially dude to play a general, oh, oh, I hit the. uh, (laughs) That's funny. I don't know how that happened. Roddy Cat looped himself just now. No, no, no. I hit the um, I hit the button on the stream. (laughs) That's funny. I hit the the volume button on the stream. That was kind of funny. Next up, though, I I was say he may also not say I did not kill my wife. (laughs) Not the fugitive. Nice. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Man, Fugitive was a good movie. Uh, you should That's watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. You should watch it if you haven't, I, folks. Like, the few, I was about to say, if you have not watched The Fugitive, watch it. The, the Fugitive is one of those movies I actually shared with my fam- with, with my parents where if we were flipping channels, you know, this is back when, you know, it was a little, you know, just flipping basic cable channels. Right. And it would be on, like, one of those basic cable networks, like, always. It would, you know, somebody's always playing The Fugitive. And whatever point in the movie it is, we'd stop and watch. It's just a great movie. Yeah, that's that's one of those I would definitely do that for. That That is true. <laughs> um, Next up. 
Marvel's Mephisto reportedly cast with Sasha Baron Cohen playing the villain uh, in Iron Heart. Now, I know there's going to be hundreds of voices saying, very nice. No. <laughs> I don't want this. But, nevertheless, this is still rumor. There's... There, uh, um, so, put that in, out there right now. And this is coming from some rumor fight sites. Sometimes rumor sites would be like, hey, this is who I want, so let's put it out there. I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm just saying. That does happen sometimes. But, um, like I said, according to this, a source close to the production confirmed to Deadline that there's been talk on the set uh, about Cohen being a part of Ironheart, possibly playing Mephisto. Um, which, you know, there's been Mephisto rumors for the last five or six uh, <laughs> uh, Marvel shows, with the exception of uh, uh, She-Hulk, which I'm pretty sure I'm surprised no one's did one there. But it's all started like right after, right around uh, Marvel Vision, uh, as far as uh, Mephisto being attached in some major way behind the scenes. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if this holds true. I would hate it, but there it is. Next up, a new report claims that Marvel Studios' Nova <laughs> project will be a Disney Plus special presentation. So Cosmic Circus cites sources close to the production who allege that uh, the Nova show will use the same Marvel Studios special presentation format as Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Projects released under this banner tell more self-contained stories than other MCU projects and have runtimes closer to a long TV episode than a full-fledged movie. So um, neither Marvel Studios nor Disney Plus have confirmed this. So this should all be taken with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, Marvel's Wonder Man project has a working title. I'm going to take this next one, by the way, since it's attached uh, to this. Sure. Uh, so, and this is also a rumor, by the way. Both of these, um, both of these I'm about to talk about are both still rumor. This is probably the most rumors that we have uh, put in one show in a minute. But, uh, but we know Wonder Man thing is, is going to happen. We just don't know uh, some particulars. Anyway. Supposedly, that one of the working titles of the Wonder Man project is Callback. It's called Callback. So, if you're running around your 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 um, area, wherever it's going to be filmed, uh, and if you happen to be close and you see that going up somewhere, then you know try to get you get, get yourself in as an extra. I don't know. Um, this is personal rumor site. I'm leaving gonna you know so, but apparently there's a the rumor is supported some kind of way. Um, and I guess that with the, with the working title, it kind of does make sense because as folks may or may not know, Wonder Man, AKA Simon Williams was a stuntman slash actor, uh, in, you know, uh, during his, uh, comic book run. So the next part about this is who could potentially be playing Wonder Wonder Man. Uh, so, and it says here that Marvel's rumored to be talking to Yahya Abdul Mateen II to play the title character of Simon Williams, aka Wonder Man. I mean, he's already got Black Manta under under his belt. That's not saying he could not do this. I don't know. I part of me is thinking like, you know, given a certain aspect of Simon Williams, AKA wonder man's history, like especially when he got into, uh, to be an actor and got a big head, not saying that, uh, 
Yaya has a big head, but I feel like he could probably pull it off if that is the case. Again, this is a rumor. Nothing, you know, none of this is set in any kind of stones. Uh, just rumor. But if it ends up uh, coming to be the case, I guess I could deal with it. You know, he's, he seems all right. I can't imagine who they would get to play Wonder Man. That's the big. That's the bigger thing. So. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the biggest role, but, you know, you never know what they do with this character. Right. I mean, hey, look, there, there's Wacko's pieces kind of almost being put together with, the, with with some exceptions. So, and I don't think they're doing that because probably kind of late. Um, but, hey, you know, anything can happen, you know, All with right. the future CU. So, like you said. All right. I mean, he's Dr. Manhattan as well. So... Yeah, he's definitely right. got he's definitely got it. chops in this in 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 the genre uh, section of his filmography. Right, most uh, apparently most of it is DC at this point. But right, um, right, 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 right. Move away from DC, man. They stay losing. Shout out to Eclectic. Wait, he did do Candyman. I think Candyman was also him, but that's not in the realm of this. But you know, so all right, he has other things. Next, Next up, up, during the third and final night of Triple Mania, Triple X in Mexico City, Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide, also known as AAA or simply AAA, announced a new wrestling show set to debut on Disney Plus as part of the Marvel Lucha Libre Edition initiative. The show will seemingly be titled El Origen de la Mascara. I did not take Spanish, folks. That's the best I can muster. I live in New York City. I hear Spanish all the time, which translates to the origin of the mask. Discover the untold secret of the fight between heels and faces. The on-screen text in in an official promotional video reads. This is all translated from Spanish. At this time, it is unclear if the Lucha Libre program will be available on Disney Plus worldwide or only in Mexico. Which means you'll have to go hit those three letters up to uh, to get it if you're interested. Exactly. Those three letters. Next up, though, uh, comic creators James Tinian the fourth, Perik Colinet, and Elsa Chartier team up for a horror short film Room Service. Uh, it was a Kickstarter campaign that recently started. Um... And uh, there's a, I know there's a video attached because I think I've seen a, a, a link of it, but I did not watch it. So, uh, it says here that uh, James Tinney and the fourth got a got an email from um, artist uh, Elsa Chartier asking if he'd be interested in writing the script for a short film she and longtime partner uh, Pierre Colinet were making, and the reaction was. Um, Almost immediately, I know, apparently. He said he's working on a million things. I don't have time for this, uh, according to the, the quote in this article. Uh, but apparently, uh, by the time he got back to the series, he, uh, city, he got an idea in his head. And then he, he flipped his tune and was like, yes. And uh, told this to the hard Hollywood Reporter in a, convers- in, in a conversation. And skipped to a year later. The script is written. And uh, it says here that they hit the... Uh, Kickstarter this past Wednesday to fund what would be a 16-minute short uh, directed by Colinette or Colinet, um, who apparently 
Freeman is also a comic creator who's worked on Star Wars comics and uh, Super Freaks uh, by the name of, and goes by the name of PK PK Chartier. Um, yeah. Uh, oh no, excuse me. I'm sorry. It goes by the name PK. That's it. But with Elsa Chartier, who is um, also has a book uh, um, um, joined the art on a book called Love Everlasting, which I have seen, but we've not talked about because not usually in our purview, being the type of book that it is because of the romance thing. Um, so yeah, they all uh, came together. Uh, there we go, folks. That's uh, that's going to be a thing that's coming when it gets uh, funded. I'm sure, it's probably halfway on it. There, as a thing. Everything okay? Next up. <clears throat> All right, so we're going into anime corner now. We are. <laughs> So I picked a My Hero Academia clip because that's the first story in Anime Corner. My Hero Academia this past week finally acknowledged a budding Class 1A romance. So the, this, uh, these are spoilers for last week's episode of My Hero Academia Season 6. So if you are not caught up, I'm not going to spoil what they reveal, but they do reveal this 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 romance that is kind of uh, uh shown it's it's been hinted at before but it's definitely shown as at least a crush um uh between uh the, the two characters in this episode schoolboy crush yeah but it's definitely there definitely seems to be it definitely seems to be going both ways gotcha uh, my hero academia's cliffhanger kicks off Hawks's uh, deadliest fight yet. So it says here that um, the first few episodes of season six of the anime so far. Um, well, excuse me. It says here that the newest episodes are getting ready for Hawks's big fight with Dobby. Who's apparently, in this case, not a real elf. Or... No, no. <laughs> Get him some <laughs> socks. <laughs> his worst potential opponent yet. <laughs> um, Rest in peace, Robbie Coltrane. You know that's the that's the first. We don't normally have Harry Potter references that often on the show, but it's interesting that tonight we would have one. That Roddy Cat would throw it out there. Uh, you know that 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 whole Dobby's a real uh, 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 a free elf thing is is. I don't know why that because I've not seen all of them. I've seen most of them, but I haven't seen them all. So that one kind of sticks out to me for some stupid reason, and I've used it way more often than I should have. Regardless, Dobby uh, is free. Um, now I'm gonna go watch that uh, sometime this weekend. <laughs> you, <welcome. laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it says here the sixth se- the sixth season of which I'm sure Agent Seventy can attest to has been intense. With the first few episodes, and uh, it's capitalizing on all of the buildup from season five, according to this article, and yeah, leading up to this fight. So, I'm not uh, nowhere near up to this season yet, so I don't know. And by the time I get there, I won't remember any of this. How so far along are you in in the show? Uh, negative one. Oh, no, I, so you haven't started. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said, you know, I thought you made it sound like you had started it, so. 
Yeah, I said I was going to. Well, I did say I was going to start it, but I still have to. Yeah, like, <laughs> All I was, right. I told you before the show I was catching up on anime, but I didn't get around to this one. Right, 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 right. Next, so. All right, so Crunchyroll announced at New York Comic Con that there are that they are that they are putting out three new series on their streaming service. Uh, they're coming out soon. The first one is Revenger. The date has still not been announced. The se- I'm not going to go into the you know just to to move things along here, folks. Just going to give the names of the shows. The second show is the Ice Blade Sorcerer shall rule the world. That's actually coming out with a a, a somewhat certain date of January 2023. And the third show is By the Grace of the Gods Season 2, and that is coming also in January 2023. Next up. The only thing that's interesting about, about, about any of these is that that first one looks like it has the uh, Berserk font title. I don't know if I kind of doubt if it has anything to do with that, but nevertheless, there you go. Um... Junji Ito, excuse me, Junji, Junji Ito's new anime debuts key art and announces the cast list. So uh, let's see, this is for the upcoming horror anime Maniac Japanese Tales of the Macabre. Uh, Netflix captioned the newly released art. It's a spooky piece of art, uh, key art for Junji Ito's. Uh, Title. I'm not going to say that again. Joining the tales are four more Juji Ito Ito's. Uh, why am I trying to add an N? The man's name. I do not know. But um, the four four more classics that are joining: uh, Ice Cream Truck, Toontown, Library of Vision, and Headless Statue are the names of them. And in addition to revealing episode names, Netflix created a tweet thread showcasing images from each episode. It also revealed the voice acting talents viewers can expect to hear when they tune in. Uh, is there anyone of note? Because I won't be going through the whole... Looks like this is the Japanese cast and none of these names uh, sound familiar. Familiar to me, I should say. I don't think I've seen... But nevertheless, if you're watching the video version, you can see the list right there and or read it in the show notes at your leisure. Next up. The official website for Near Automata version 1.1a, the television anime adaptation of Square Enix and Platinum Games is Near Automata action role-playing game revealed more cast members, a new character video, and a new visual for the anime this past week. Uh, This anime will premiere in January 2023. I'm looking forward to this because I love that game. I haven't finished it, but I love it. It's a great game. I don't know people out there uh, love it. It's probably one of Platinum's better games. It's may or may not the same things because they have a couple of good ones and some bad ones, but nevertheless. Uh, next up, though, Trigun Stampede's anime's uh, second trailer reveals more cast, staff, and the, the a January 2023 debut. So uh, Toho and CG Studio Orange revealed the second trailer, uh, as I've said, on this past Saturday. I've watched it. It's pretty good. It's definitely a different um, art style from the original uh, Trigun anime. And there was a decided lack of Millie. And I'm kind of upset by that because I like that character. But most of the other characters that you know and love from Trigun definitely showed up in um in the um in the trailer so definitely gonna um check this out 
when this uh when this uh, comes up. I can't remember if this is like a reboot or a re- or I don't think it's a retelling, but or uh, a reimagining of um, Trigon. <laughs> Shout out to, to uh, Natari Soul to not my flash not my flash. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's not Johnny Young Bosch, but you know I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot. Also, hi, how you doing? Um, next up though. Okay. Uh, so in a funny little crossover promotion, uh, two of the, the hotter, uh, new anime releases have collabed to do a special promotion, those being Chainsaw Man and Spy X Family. And, uh, what's funny about this is that, um... You know, it's it's obviously in Japanese, but it portrays the the members of the Forger family and Spy X family uh, uh, reviewing Chainsaw Man uh, related things. And apparently, Anya Forger has a thing for Pochito, uh, you know, the the Chainsaw Dog. I mean, if you've seen the last episode, you you know why? Big, yeah, this is not big. not a big surprise. <laughs> given that character um right it's not I, I forgot that his name is not mr dog at the end of the show right yes they end up naming him and again not a surprise with that name exactly uh, so if you've been keeping up with the show and anya at, at that but and not read the the uh manga also because i know there are some people who have so but yeah this was an interesting little uh, little collaboration <laughs> there which could have gone way worse but i knew the right you know it's one thing you know it, it, the, what i like about this is that it 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 doesn't have anya reading because she can't read yet she's too young i'm like no don't don't put her with chainsaw man but right. pochita works right exactly oh i guess something else i whether so hopefully people are, are up on the recent uh uh spy x family which i am also uh, I just uh, seven here and I were, were talking before the show uh, about a certain scene where where your kind of kicks car, but there was also a, another part of the show where uh, Lloyd mentions something about um, um, a part of speech, and your was like, "Wait, <laughs> she doesn't know about causes of death." Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Spike was offering to her own little uh, my montage of, of that, which was kind of funny. Like, I love that show. That show's great. Um, it's fun, but who's yes, it is. Uh, next up, though, chain. Speaking of Chainsaw Man, which also I've caught up on, uh, and that show's kind of kind of bonkers. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. That first episode is crazy. The second yeah, episode's okay. not as crazy, but that first episode is nuts. Not as crazy, but also like, huh? There's there's some there's a um. Is a weird, interesting relationship uh, brewing in that. Also, probably familiar to some folks in a, in a certain <laughs> in a certain uh, um, line of kink, I guess. Anywho, um, Chainsaw Man anime reveals English dub cast, uh, and the English dub will premiere on October twenty fifth. I'm sure there will be some folks watching or watching the dub. That's not how we roll in this house. Right. 
That's not how we roll, at least on this half of the Comic Book Chronicles. We can't speak for uh, Tim and PC and underscore Doug, uh, Dirt. And, and definitely can't speak for everything, because there are some stuff I still watch dub, so, you know, um, because I'm old, and I, that's all I knew for, for a length of time. But uh, the English cast has been uh, listed here, um, names of which I can't say that I can place. The first the, the person who plays Dingy maybe, but I'm not sure from where. Um including a voice of Pochita, which um, it's gonna be a short <laughs> short work that we know of, so I should shut up. Um and it says here that um more dub cast members are going to be uh names are going to be released for other um uh, language dubs at a later date. Next up. In sad news, and this is the last bit of Anime Corner stuff, animator Yoshitaka Kono, who worked on popular anime such as Bleach and Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, died on October 13th. As reported by Anime News Network, Kono's colleague Makoto Tamaru shared the news on Twitter. Tamaru noted that Kono was a good and kind person and that although theirs was not a deep relationship, he praised his colleague rests in peace. It's unknown what led to Kono's untimely death, but apparently he was having some issues with his health leading up to his death. So, um, but that's sad. May he rest in power. Which also kind of sad that, that there's a lot of um, health issues in manga and anime because I'm not saying it has anything to do with the work but people have health issues you know just in general but I'm just saying that it happens more often than not in dealing with uh, anime and manga sure uh, we're going to push over to the manga corner And also run into the comic books uh, corner real quick. So from the world of Jujutsu Kaisen, Maki apparently is officially as powerful as Toji Zinnen. Um, I like the character of Maki. I can't say that I can remember who Toji uh, Zinnen is, uh, but I believe this is from... Yes, this is from the manga, from chapter 198 of the, uh, the manga, to be, spe- uh, to be specific, because we still don't have season two anime yet. Right. Won't go too far into it just in case there are people who are reading the manga and not caught up. But I did not realize that there were almost 200 chapters of the thing. But I guess I should not be surprised. Yeah. So it says here that, well, I will, I guess I'll say that, let's see, Lumi's deceased father, who is that, the Toji Zinnin, she is, is officially a strong ass. Okay, cool. Next up. Nightwing's 100th issue gets a cover celebrating the late great George Perez, rest may he rest in peace, and power, co-creator of Dick Grayson's modern comic book identity. So CBR has the exclusive reveal of the cover, which comes in both color and black and white versions, both of which feature a collage of Perez's Dick Grayson and Nightwing artwork. So we're going back to Dick Grayson as Nightwing uh, as, with the disco collar. Shout out to Disco Nightwing. Yep. Um, next up, uh, Gotham Knights is getting a free four player co-op mode a month after launch. Um, so yeah, actually Gotham Knights as of this recording is out today. 
Um, and I haven't had the chance to check it out, but I will. Maybe on this very channel, uh, which I will talk about something else later on. Uh, it's called Heroic Assault. The mode will be added to Gotham Knights as a free update on November 29th and is, se is entirely separate from the main store campaign. Uh, according to a fact on the website, on the Gotham Knights website, the mode will support up to four players online and provide a quote unquote dedicated arena like environment with a specific objectives to complete and enemies to defeat on each floor. There'll be 30 floor total at launch for players to complete. So it's basically like a Mortal Kombat uh, uh, tower and or <laughs> the Game of Rings from Shang-Chi, I guess. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Also, I guess I'll put, I didn't put this in the lineup, but I know there are people who didn't want to, uh, who stopped their pre-orders because um, the game is only going to run at 30 frames per second on consoles. I'm not sure why that's a big deal. That's a big deal, apparently? That is, because people love their 60 frames, even though they may or may not be able to... Notice the difference. Well, I mean, you could 60 frames is definitely noticeable. That is a figure, but once you get past that, it is not. But I'm like this. Performance over, performance over pretty kind of trumps that for me. The game's still going to run pretty good. Hopefully... The game pretty much runs. I haven't seen it yet because like, the game just came out today, and I know people have been playing it, and no reviews are out for it, and I've heard, heard mixed results on the uh, reviews. So I don't know until I see it for myself or ever when I get, to, when I get it later. Nevertheless, um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, there was something else about it, but yeah, that, that's pretty much that for that. Next up, though. Minecraft has announced a new, a new Batman DLC that will bring Batman, Joker, and Gotham City to the game. Minecraft is one of the biggest games on the planet. I have never played it. Um, so, yeah, good for Minecraft. So, I, so this came up in a, in a recent um, uh, Minecraft, uh, um, I don't know, Minecraft con or Minecraft live thing that came up recently. They have a con? They do have a Minecraft con, yes. Oh my yes, gosh! Do. All right, go it's ahead. Been going on for a few years, uh, but this was from. It wasn't from the con. It was from like some live. You know, the, the uh, they've been doing a lot of uh, video game uh, publishers and whatnot do you know, direct videos to the public <laughs> for themselves. But Minecraft, you know, it, it's been doing its own thing. Nevertheless, the Batman DLC looks pretty good, and I actually have been playing Minecraft um, fairly decently for the last month or two uh and as much as i hate to say it i might actually end up getting this dlc which is like eight bucks uh it's a world you get 16 skins the funny part about it is <clears throat> i already have a batman skin which is one of those skins that you get and i've been using it for the last couple of, couple of weeks so that's kind of funny right i was about uh, to say ironic huh or coincidental well, at least yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you can get, you know, if you know where to find it, you can you can easily get skins to put into games. So, you know, there's no shortage of that kind of stuff out there. But this is an official going about it. Uh, and and that, actually, this DLC that we're talking about is out now because it came out on the 18th. Okay. Uh, I believe it's eight, uh, eight bucks and whatever Minecraft bucks it is. So if I do get it, maybe I'll play it on this channel. We'll see. Uh, and I love the fact that I'm torturing uh, Agent 70 with this section because it's all video games we does not play. Next up, though. I was about to say, do you, uh, this is actually your story because I, I wanted to stop talking about Minecraft and you kept going. <laughs> Go ahead. Love it. 
McFarlane Toys' Dark Knight figures uh, figure stars on a rare Batman comic cover. Uh, and I believe this may actually also be out. But um, it says McFarlane Toys' DC Multiverse Batman uh, from DC Rebirth figure appears on the cover of a special toy for, uh, photography variant for Batman 127, exclusively available for shoppers on the McFarlane Toys website. There are two editions are of the cover that are available. The first is uh, 50 bucks, uh, and I guess available uh, with the with the checkout code of Batman 50, all all one word. And then second is a gold foil version, available for 100 bucks, uh, available with the checkout code Batman 100. Uh, if you are watching the video version of this here podcast. You can see the covers themselves, or whether that is something you would be interested in. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so you actually have to buy toys that are $50. You have to spend $50 to get the free comic. And you spend $100 to get the free exclusive gold foil comic. That's how it works. Yep, yep. Um, well, and I said, no, that's, I just read the post. That's what it says. Oh, so it is a comic, an actual comic with it? Yeah, it's a comic, right? So what it is is that the the, the their variants of issue one two seven, one hundred twenty seven, right? And so you have to spend on the McFarlane website a hundred bu- fifty bucks to get the the regular variant cover, the regular variant comic, and you, the, to get the foil variant, you have to spend a hundred bucks on the site. I thought it was just the cover, like a, a, a I guess the box with the cover. No, 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 it's actual comic. Okay. Well, still, that's a lot. Right. But, well, yeah. You just have, but you know, you know how expensive toys are. You don't have to spend that much to get to hundred bucks. You don't yeah, have to buy that right. many things. Anyway. But this is only that one figure, and that yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Next. Next up, the Simpsons Waterworld joke arcade game is now a real game you can play, and you won't need forty quarters for every step taken either. So apparently, this is a reference to a fake game from a Simpsons uh, episode. And, uh, you know, this is an old season six episode, the Springfield files, which, with, which takes a laugh at the, which makes a, a joke at the expense of Kevin Costner's critical flop water world. Okay. Apparently according to this article, someone has made a mod of the hit and run game, uh, or a remaster mod for the hit and run game. So I don't remember that game being bad, but sure. Uh, Magic the Gathering collaborates with Juji Ito, uh, there I go again, for four frightening cards. So I think this is a secret drop card, um, uh, one of the many secret drops that they're, uh, that they're doing this month. Um, this one is an artist series, of course, with uh, Juji Ito. It's available in Japanese or English for a standard print for 30 bucks, or an edge foil version for 40 bucks, and which is the going price for those uh, secret drops anyway. And there was another one. I think I already talked about the Transformers one, so I don't think I need to go back on that one. There's also some other ones which I won't necessarily go into, but yeah, this is the significant one, question mark. Uh, and I know there are Gigi Ito fans out there, so I'm sure somebody's going to jump on it. Next up. Magpie Games has announced the release date for its Avatar Legends tabletop role-playing game. Pre-orders for the game opened earlier this week. And or last week, and digital copies of the core rulebook officially go on sale on October 26th, with physical copies going on sale January 25th, 
let's see. The starter set would be at Target in qu- in the first quarter of 2023. Uh, let's see here. If there's a, any pricing. Nope. That's it. Yeah. They're still working on that one. Yep. Mortal Kombat uh, Onslaught is a new RPG that is releasing in 2023. Um, according to Warner Brothers' announcement, it's going to be developed by NetherRealm Studios, who, of course, is the, the Mortal Kombat people. Uh, it says here, according to Chief Creative Officer Ed Boon, uh, Onslaught is a strategic team-based collection RPG with fast-paced group melee combat. I feel like you've tried this before and it wasn't that good, but, you know, the less you could say about that one, the better. And they've things have grown since then. So anyway, um, let's see. From the description, it appears players will be able to collect fighters and participate in multiplayer activities. Though what that exactly looks like remains to be announced. It's not Mortal Kombat versus. I mean, it's not Marvel versus DC, and it's not a new um, um, Mortal Kombat game. But I don't know if this is the only thing that, that, that they're going to gear up for. So maybe we'll get that Marvel vs. DC game. <laughs> Next up. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have returned to the gaming world in full force. And Nickelodeon has been celebrating the entire summer with a special giveaway of four custom TMNT-themed Xbox Series S consoles. The latest one is... Uh, it was revealed by Screen Rant, and it is uh, a one-of-a-kind turtle van for the four turtles. And uh, the shell on wheels doubles as storage and as a playset. It looks pretty interesting. I, I I don't even know where the console is in there. Oh well, so the the the, the good thing is it's a Series S, which doesn't have a disc drive. Okay. So, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure. That if you're watching the video, the, the driver's side is probably where the ports are. Well, and actually, it's probably in the back, but um, but it looks like there's some ports behind it, and you can see on the the top of the turtle vans where the um, controller goes. This gotcha. does look cool. I kind of want to enter it, and, but I never, but I haven't yet. Um, but you have until October 31st, and all you have to do is follow the TMNT uh, Twitter accounts uh, on Instagram or the Instagram account, which is the same thing, in order to be. Uh, eligible at hashtag total power sweepstakes in the comic section. Um, and you can go to turtlepowersweepstakes.com or any number of other places to get the rules for this thing. And it looks like uh, US only. So, sorry, uh, international folks. But yeah, that looks cool. Uh, next up, though, Godzilla gets a new ride Hot Wheels style uh, and debuts Kaiju Tastic Monster Truck Collaboration. Which I could have sworn that Godzilla and Hot Wheels had a collaboration already, but I don't know. Hot Wheels released, recently announced that the Hot Wheels Godzilla character car and the Hot Wheels Godzilla monster truck, the former of which hit shelves, will hit shelves this November, while the latter will be released uh, in early 2023. Both toys feature designs based on the iconic monster who made it. Uh, y'all know who Godzilla is. I don't even have to go through all of that. Um. It's 1.64 diecast vehicle. You know the Hot Wheels mojo. Uh, you can see images uh, of at least one of the video, uh, one of the uh, uh, vehicles in the video section. If you're watching, and it looks like the 3.99 at Target, 
uh, is a Target exclusive. Or of them? I don't have the price of one of them. But this is, it's Hot Wheels are not that expensive, so probably four bucks for both uh, separately. Next up. Hasbro Pulse has announced that this year's premium fan, fan stream takes place on October 27th, 2022. And part of the big announcement is that they are going to be featuring possibly uh, a reveal of Ghostbusters toys along with Star Wars, Marvel Legends, Avalon Hill, Dungeons and Dragons, Power Rangers, Magic the Gathering, and Transformers and G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. And that's on the 27th, so I'm sure we'll probably get some news out of that next week. Exactly. Next Thursday, so we'll have it before the show. Um, But it looks like it's 5 p.m. Eastern, so that'll be cutting it. Right, but you also have to be a premium member to sign up, but we'll probably have some news coming out of it. Right. Um, Also, side note, there's a Ghostbuster game that just came out um, that that I'm pretty sure we've talked about in the past. It kind of I'm kind of interested in it, but uh, stay tuned to see if that actually happens. Because um, it does have the trappings of the Ghostbusters you want. <laughs> so, but do you want to add a baby Yoda Tamagotchi, Tamagotchi to your collection? Well, pre-orders are now on sale for that uh, that uh, baby Yoda uh, Tamagotchi that we talked about like a week ago. We uh, did? I don't remember that. <laughs> Oh, you, you usually tune up, tune out when we talk about uh, stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, but yes, we did definitely talk about it. Um, and you pre-order now; it's not going to come out until January. So, yeah, so don't kill Baby Yoda, folks. Don't kill Grogu. Don't do it. I know somebody who who wants to get this. I'm, <laughs> so, um, but it looks like let's see. Pre-order is live on Amazon right now. It's for twenty bucks, uh, and like I said, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty three is like when they are going to go on sale. That looks like there's a oh no, that's been out, so we're not going to talk about that. The R two D two one that's been out that's ten bucks right now. Never mind. Next up. All right, so io9 has the first look at two retailer exclusives for Star Wars toys that are set to, you know, that are being released in advance of the holiday season. The Target exclusive Django Fett Starship and Amazon exclusive Death Star Trench Run Battle Pack, both from the Micro Galaxy Squadron line by Jazzware. So these are not, you know, um micro machines but they are smaller scale figures and smaller scale uh, vehicles so that you can have uh you know adventures with your toys on a just a smaller scale shout out to the micro machines guy john mashita um is he still alive i don't know but um, i i'm not sure that's a good question to the googles as you take the next story right i think i saw the commercial for this recently also before the this article Ah, yes. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson returns as Nick Fury in new Marvel Snap promo. So this is, um, uh, he's, I, if you haven't seen this uh, promo, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I won't go into what happens in it, but you know, it's Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury, so shenanigans happens at the end of it. Uh, but Marvel Snap is the new uh, mobile and PC-based uh, card game that just came out from former members of uh, the Hearthstone uh, 
team that went around that went on to have their own company called Second uh, Second Dinner, I believe it's called, uh, and headed by a former Hearthstone head uh, who's very excited about this and thinks it's going to be the biggest thing, biggest card game yet. It's uh, like I said, it's out there. It's been out there since uh, a couple of days. I've been playing some of it. In fact, I have played some on this very channel, uh, Twitch channel, to be specific, uh, a couple of days ago. So if you are wanting to see what that looks like and haven't seen it, by the way, go check out the video because it's, it's back there. Only played like quick, good thirty minutes. I'm enjoying it. It's pretty cool and it's quick. That's that's the most important but, uh, thing about it, or one of the most important things about it. And the art looks good. So. Uh, and the free play, so you can check that out. But yeah, the the promos out there also, and uh, you can check that out as well. Next up, thank goodness John Mashita is still with us. Hey. Next up, Marvel Legends War Machine from Marvel vs. Capcom uh, figure is now up for pre-order. So this is a a new version of Marvel Legends War Machine. Uh, based on you know, it's basically a repaint of that same armor. That's uh, that you know that the uh, that the Iron Man armor, but it is the blue and black, uh, the metallic blue and black. That is the uh, rendition of War Machine from that uh, Marvel versus Capcom series of video games. Yeah, because War Machine's actual alien ar- um, armor from the comic books looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember that, which you have to be of a certain vintage. To- you definitely have to be of a certain vintage to do that. So. But yeah, this you know this figures out here. This looks all right. I don't think I'll get it. And I'm almost yeah, it's sure. not really. Yeah, it's not something I would gun for. But you know, it's cool for anyone who really likes that figure or wants to do a video game version. You know, have a video game setup. Um, speaking of Iron Man, Iron Man's Hulk Buster, Iron Man's Lego Hulkbuster uh, set is now on sale. It is uh, as this article says, massive and pricey. Is true on both counts because it is. Uh, does it say how many pieces it is? You can see the video of it fully assembled right there. Uh, Four thousand and forty-nine pieces to this set, uh, and it costs five hundred and fifty bucks. And it is the uh, MCU Age of Ultron version of the Hulk version. Also. Buster Armor, so there you go. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> and good on anybody who would actually sit there and put that together. And I know there are people who would. So. Next up. 2023 marks 60 years of the X-Men, and to celebrate, Marvel's Merry Mutants are finally getting a fan convention all their own. The uncanny experience and immersive fan convention is catering specifically to X-Men fans. The event will take place in Minneapolis, Minnesota from September 16th through the 17th, 2023 at the Minneapolis Club. The exterior of the club apparently looks a lot like uh, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Confirmed special guests include, of course, Chris Claremont. Also on hand will be the voice of Wolverine from X-Men the Animated Series, Cal Dodd, as well as the voice of Rogue, Lenore Zahn. Okay. We hope you survive the experience. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Marvel gives Daredevil. We'll get into to comic book news now. Um, Marvel gives Daredevil an X-Men level upgrade. This is for Savage Avengers number six, which came out last week. 
Yeah, last week. And I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, apparently, uh, Electra, Daredevil, has now something in common with Archangel. Oh, okay. And we'll leave it at that. Next up. Uh, Nate Cosby, editor for Disney's Gargoyles Revival comic, has tweeted a page from the series' first issue showing Goliath and Elisa uh, in a romantic embrace. Okay. I guess presumably that was a kind of a well, they won't they thing in the, the show. I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a sneak peek from the upcoming Dynamite published comic series. Okay, cool. Yeah. I... I am threatening to catch up with that because I've never watched it because like that show was a little behind my before after my time mm-hmm. to catch up on it to, so I could read this. Shall see if that actually ever happens. This is coming out on December third, something like that. Uh, oh, we'll see. We usually don't get too much dynamite, so we'll see if we can't get it, get a copy though. That, that is another thing. So yeah, but it's, it just says it released in December. So, but I think I thought I saw a date. Um, I don't get here. So, Power Rangers gets a new creative team to usher in the next a more phenomenal era, and that's going to be for uh, the next book, which is one hundred one. Uh, one hundred just came out like last week or week before last. So it says that the new creative team is writer Melissa Flores uh, of Power Rangers and the, the Dead Lucky, and artist Simona de Gian Feliz from All New Firefly. Uh, colorist Raul, Raul Angulo from Mighty Morphin and letterer Egg Dupeshire from He's doing Magic the Gathering uh, and some other stuff I know um, but there's some stuff I've read that I know he's lettered. So uh, it says here ahead of the upcoming issues release Boom Studios promises fans uh, some truly more phenomenal things to come saying the Charge of 100 brought everything together in Mighty Morphin Power Ranger number 100 and now the Rangers future uh, unfolds uh, as the teenagers with attitudes are forced to contend with lost friends, cosmic threats, and the return of familiar adversaries with terrifying new powers. There you go. Next up. All right. So this is just the latest announcement, not even the latest announcement, but a recent announcement of more creators who are going to attend Baltimore Comic Con from October 28th through 30th later this month at the Inner Harbor's Baltimore Convention Center. They're going to have Ron Garner. They announced last week that uh, – actually, no, just a few days ago that artists Ron Garney, Kevin McGuire, Al Milgram, Andy Price, Christopher Uminga, and Chrissy Zulo are coming to Baltimore Comic-Con. I've seen other announcements in the last week for Baltimore Comic-Con, and this is just part of the, the, the state of Comic-Cons now in that some creators are just – confirming at the last second you know and baltimore is unique because it's very comic based as opposed to you know the bigger shows like new york and san diego so i think baltimore has a specific charm to it for comic book creators and but at the same time i think this is a thing for creators in that especially during these pandemic times they're not a hundred percent sure they want to attend right away right so at the end of the day, we get a lot of these kind of later announcements as the date of, for the con starts to approach. So ultimately, I, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but I look forward to making it to Baltimore Comic Con eventually because I've heard very good things about that show. 
And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the actual last show of the season, correct? Because I know people say that New York is the... No, no, no. I was about to say, I don't even know if Baltimore is the last show, but it's the, probably the last big show. Okay. You know, because once October passes, you hit Thanksgiving, and I think there's still a few kind of larger shows between November and December and January. But they're not like the, 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 the biggest name shows that we would think of if we were starting to tick off names of Comic Cons. Sure. You know, I'm, while you do the last – what I was going to say is while you do that, the, the next and last story, I will look up – there should be – I remember there's a website um, to find comic book conventions <laughs> – so right. you go ahead. This, this, it says that Ron Garney is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt instructor. Uh, yeah. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Probably for no Um. Anyway, next up. Um, uh, so this comes from Kickstarter. There is um, a new Kickstarter from... Some would say a legend in the comic books uh, industry, J.M. DeMatteis, um, who is co-creating uh, four new comics with uh, with uh, different artists. A um, couple of them of note, actually, or at least that I know of. Uh, Tom Mandrake, Sean McManus, Matthew Dow Smith, and David Baldion. Um, and it looks to be... Oh, they have they've already made their their goal because <laughs> their goal was like ten thousand and they and they have doubled tripled that pretty much. So and it still has nineteen days to go as according to uh, according to this uh, Kickstarter, but um, it's called uh, the Mul- the De- multiverse, um, and it consists of four all new all different comic books written by J M Mateus uh, of Cravens and Let's Hunt fame. By the way, and uh, oh wait, was he on Justice League uh, International with the One Punch? Was that is that where that come from? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay, I don't know. Either way, uh, and some other stuff. But each of uh, four initial D multiverse titles is complete is completely different in tone and style, and each one is co-created with a different artist who of whom I have already. Seen. That's coming from the um, from the Kickstarter page, and it goes into uh, talking, uh, given the layout of each book, which I won't go into. But you can check out for yourself if you have some interest. Uh, and with that, we are we have ended with the news section, but there is some other like little tidbits that will that I'll briefly go into while Agent uh, Seventy is doing what he's doing. Yes, go ahead. Uh, so this is the variant corner, which normally we would just kind of hold for three people to uh, to read for themselves because it's about covers, which man, sometimes we do. But Marvel debuts its 2023 Stormbreakers variant covers. Um, class of it says here the the Marvel Stormbreakers class of uh, 2023, which Stormbreakers are pretty much the young hotshots, uh, you know, up and coming hotshots. Uh, Actually, they're not all young because a lot of times they've been in the business for a while. They're just kind of getting, you know, getting noted for Marvel here now or whenever. And some of these names definitely uh, have seen work from. So that's which is why I had to re say that the way I did. So um, 
Elena Casagrande, Nick Klein, <clears throat> uh, Jan or Jan Basildua, uh, Chris Allen, Martin Cocolo, Louis Wernick, Federico Vin, uh, Vincentini, and C.F. Villa. We have definitely said a lot of those names uh, in, in, in past shows. Right. So, like I said, this, this is just their saying. They're not young and they're not kind of undergone. This is like the hot shots kind of, or their their branding of, the, I guess, the, the hot shots that they're that Marvel's working with. Right. So. The latest Stormbreakers, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is the 2023 uh, Stormbreakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, J. Scott Campbell marks 60 years of Earth's Mightiest Heroes and New Avengers Assemble Simple Alpha uh, number one anniversary covers. So um, that uh, Avengers Assemble uh, Alpha is coming in an upcoming book. This is ending. This is pretty much the, going to be the uh, nearing the end of Jason Aaron's Avengers run, as we talked about uh, earlier in the show. Um, and says here to mark the occasion and honor the team's upcoming milestone. Jake Campbell has turned out uh, his newest anniversary variant cover, which you can see uh, if you are watching the video version of the show, which sometimes you maybe you should or could if you were so do so. It's good. And CR is smiling faces sometimes. Ding. Um, uh, it's going on sale 1123 and I think there's supposed to be, there might be some other uh, variant covers um, also going along with this, which I think that's the next story now that I think about it. No, it is not. Uh, Marvel Variants reimagines Marvel comic, uh, classic comic covers. Um the, the new uh, covers commemorate such iconic issues such as Fantastic Four number 52, the first appearance of Black Panther, Frank Miller's Daredevil number 81, pitting Electra versus Bullseye in a fight to the death, and Avengers number 4, which saw Earth Mightiest Heroes assemble for the first time under the charge of Cap, a.k.a. the Kooky Quartet. Uh, let's see, there's also the John Romita Jr.'s Spider-Man No More cover of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 50, and some other uh, other notables. The list is extensive, and also when they go on sale, which looks like they're varied, right? Exactly, they're varying dates because they are just you know they're literally just tribute uh, homage covers, right? But it's going to start uh, January fourth mm-hmm. here, so look out for that. And last but not least, uh, Disney Darkwing Duck recruits uh, David Nakayama. Um, and Mirko Aldolfo and more for uh, Darkwing Duck number one. So they're the parent covers for Darkwing Duck number one, which uh, Dynamite also has uh, and going to be um, pushing out next year. Uh, Darkwing Duck will be written by uh, Amanda Delbert, Daybert with art by Carlos, Sid, Laro, and lettering by Jeff El- um, Eckleberry. I can't remember if we had gotten the creative team for that book previously, but uh, there it is. And then there's a couple of preview pages for uh, the first issue in this article. So there you go. That is it, folks. I just um, wanted to just jump in very quickly and just uh, you know uh, talk about the conventions that still remain on the calendar, the 2022 calendar. Um, Baltimore <laughs> is probably the biggest show remaining. In 2022, that's, you know, at the end of October, just prior to Halloween, the weekend of the week, the, basically Halloween weekend, because Halloween, I believe, falls on a Monday this year. So 
there are you know smaller local cons all throughout the country uh you know the rest of this year you know there's even a smaller new york con called uh, the big apple comic con that's really ripe that's like a week before you know a, a week yeah it's literally a week before christmas and uh you know but 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 Roddy cat is correct in that baltimore is kind of like that last big con uh, of the calendar year, but uh, there are plenty of smaller cons out there. You know, you want to get out there and support, uh, you know, your favorite artists who are just, you know, looking to make a few extra bucks on the side, uh, you know, meet some celebrities out there. I would say uh, one of the, the larger cons that still remains on the calendar for celebrity appearances is the Rhode Island Comic Con. And that's actually November 4th through 6th, 2022. Uh, you, should, you know, if you uh, Google the Rhode Island, ricomiccon.com, they actually have a pretty decent guest list for celebrity signing. If, if that's your thing and you're looking for Star Wars actors, if you're looking for wrestlers, if you're looking for, you know, Alicia Silverstone, you know, if you're a Clueless fan or a Batgirl fan from those awful, you know, <laughs> those awful 90s movies, fine. But guess what? There are yeah. still cons out there for you to enjoy. You don't have to, you know, think that. Going to a big con is the be-all, end-all. Sometimes those little cons, the smaller cons, will provide you with much richer experiences as well as, you know, just less, you know, fewer crowds to deal with. Yeah, I would love for Agent 70 and the, and the, the rest of the crew to come down here. And I'm saying this, it's a big con for around here, but for Heroes Con, which is in Charlotte right. uh, during the summer, I would love for them to come down because I hadn't been in a couple of years either because of it, but... Um, and know they've started back up. And actually, I was doing a little research myself, and there are a couple of other smaller cons in the state that are upcoming, apparently. Right. The Charleston Con is coming up. Right. And Grand Strand Con, which I don't think I've heard of that one. But interesting. Wow. There's actually a picture from the Charleston Con of Chainsaw Man. Sure. Why not? Wow, Tom DeFalco is going to be the guest of honor. Oh, nice. Huh. Right, and they're going to have Bushwhacker Luke. I mean, hey, it's a local con, folks. You can't expect the biggest names, but it's always interesting to see. You know, obviously, the comic book community is so comes from you know far and wide. And it's always interesting to see which cons are "quote unquote" local to some of these creators that we grew up with, and those are the ones that they choose to attend. They don't trek all the way to New York or San Diego or Chicago, even. Uh huh. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, I am not pandering to the folks who live in you know less less metropolitan areas of 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 the country. You know, I'm just saying. You know, treat your. You know, uh, 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 you know, uh, attend your local cons and give them support. Indeed. Um, so I have, I, I, I guess, um, I'm not sure uh, what to call this, but um, uh, let's just say so, someone had a, a good experience. Uh, someone, a friend of mine, I would dare say, um, had a good experience <laughs> at a, a small con 
with uh, one of their favorite um, voice actors. And I, I'm going to need to hear that story later on. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, in, in that note, because um, I don't want to say exactly what this is, because uh, while this is not a family show, we don't, you know, try to keep it <laughs> family-ish friendly. Right. Right. We do swear once in a while, but we do try to keep that on the minimum. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be great. Anyway, uh, on that note, uh, can we get one nice ad read, sir? Our last ad read of the night. You know when it's late and we're all tired. This is what we read. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I'm going to have to figure out why the the see there we go why that happens. Apparently, your voice cut out during the the ad, but don't worry about that. I'll take care of that in post. Weird. I'm literally talking right into the mic, so I'm not sure what's going on. No, I think I see what the problem was, but I'm not sure why it's happened because it wasn't happening before this week. Going back to the our initial issues earlier. That gotcha. 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 So I'm not sure why that's happening. Regardless, that NDI folks, NDIs. Yeah, it's usually usually pretty reliable. So I don't know what's going. On. Well, it's somewhere between voice meter and NDI. So I don't, and I don't think it's NDI because otherwise having slight issues. But we'll we'll see. Um, nevertheless, folks, this is the end of the show. Um, hey, it's an ad for Amazon, folks. You you know what you get from Amazon, so. Unless, unless Agent 70 wants to run that, run that promo again. No! Good. So, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News is Need on, on, uh, on Twitter. You can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. <coughs> uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all the Zumbrosal sites there in. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, uh, C-B Cron on Twitter, which we need to get a hold of that, uh, of that side if you'll let us have it, uh, I mean, of that account if we'll... At least co-hold it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll, we'll talk to him about that some other time. Uh, but yes, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, like I said, uh, C-B Cron, like I said, uh, The Click Nation, that's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, also on Twitter, theclicknation.com. And also over at comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off. Go look for Tim Adams, Timothy Adams over there and go read his stuff. Yep. Do it. Please do. Um, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Lizard Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to leave us all the good five-star reviews and click like and subscribe. Uh, 
you can also find us recording every normally every Thursday night, 9.30-ish Eastern Standard Time in the p.m. on uh, YouTube.com slash TheClickNation and Twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles, which thank you for the folks uh, that are uh, in the audience, uh, especially those are the ones that I know that have uh, either lurked or came through. Uh, appreciate you for, for being here, as always. Yes, sir. Um, and I will go ahead and reiterate, like I said, I, I did a, a stream for Marvel Snap. If you're so inclined to look for it, I plan, do plan on doing some more uh, probably video game, likely video game related streams uh, in the near future. We're just trying to get that together and get some overlay stuff done. But uh, you can, you know, let you know when we want to go live or when we go live or whatever should happen. Uh, that's it, folks. Yeah. Um, is it 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? All that good stuff. Uh, and uh, the audio will be back. It will be out on uh, CSPN.us uh, after the show. Yeah. Or it's, uh, at least a day after the show. Right. They get to With that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. 